0: To Texans Unfiltered.
1: Here we go! Here we go!
0: A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All
1: right,
0: all right, guys. Welcome to our first NFL first round mock draft for Texans Unfiltered. Me and Zach were talking one day, and I was like, Zach. It's so boring. Please give me something to do. Let's figure (laughs) out something. I said, we need to add another guy, and he grabs Carter, and we're going to go through the first round, and then maybe the second. I don't know. We'll see how drunk we are, I guess, and then just take it from there. On water.
2: (laughs) Oh. Dude, Carter's like 12. Like, he's not going to drink. Okay. (laughs) That's part
3: of the the reason he can't see me on the screen right now. I don't want to show my hand. I don't want to look like I'm,
0: like, 5 is that our uh, Carter? Are we gonna ever be able to see you, or are we just gonna roll with the, the little circle avatar and just, uh, people are gonna see what I'm, you look like?
3: I'm trying to get the camera working, but it is like it's it's saying something about the computer, like it not being, programmed. like I don't know. There's something programmed that's not allowing me to access oh, it. All right. The mic's working.
0: Maybe, maybe it'll just like I maybe do. it'll just like pop up in like mid draft. That'd be creepy, honestly. Oh, just <laughs> flickering and just so. <laughs> oh God! All right. Yeah, um, <laughs> he just like fades in and out. Just keeps coming. He's Got devil eyes. Um, every
2: time he announces his pick, his face comes on, and then it shuts off when it's not his pick anymore.
0: So there
3: we go. I, I got, I got the hair all ready for this too. I actually showered for once during this quarantine. I was all ready to go.
0: Do you guys shower in James and I just threw a hat on. That's what we did. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I just threw a I was like, uh. uh all right. Well, I guess uh, our listeners know you, Zach, but uh, Carter, why don't uh, – Zach, why don't you go through, introduce yourself, what you do and where they can find you, and then let's go to Carter and just kind of kick it off from there. All
2: right, well, starting with me here. I've been on this podcast a couple times, so you guys have probably heard. Whenever we talk Colts um, on the Texans Unfiltered here, I've usually jumped on. Um, but, yeah, my name's Zach Hicks. I, I work for St. Pete Blue um, and also Cover One recently, uh, covering the draft with Cover One. And if you guys don't know Cover One, uh, I, I highly recommend checking out that site. I mean, they, they do some great stuff. And I was saying that well before they brought me on. Um, they're they're just excellent with everything they do over there. Um but yeah, you guys can follow me on, on Twitter at Zach Hicks, too. Um, my, my tweets aren't terribly bad. Uh, every now and then I'll, I'll get a good one out there. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth the follow for the, those rare good
0: ones on there. Absolutely. And, Carter, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you, uh, who you work for, where you're, where you're based, all that good stuff.
3: All right. Well, I'm a newbie to the Texans Unfiltered podcast uh, today, but I also work at Stampede Blue, like Zach Hicks. And also, I'm a publications intern at the Draft Network, which is this site right here, if you can see on the screen. And um, it's just great working for them and talking all things and writing all things draft.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, Carter, where can they find you on Twitter? Oh, right. Uh,
3: donic 3 And like Zach, occasionally, occasionally, I'll I'll tweet out the odd good thing. He's got a better meme game than me, for sure. That's why I brought him over to Stampede Blue, honestly,
2: just his meme game. Oh Why? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, all right, so we're gonna You're go th- <laughs> We'll go through the first round, we'll see what happens. Um we uh we're gonna do on air trades. Uh we started to negotiate a little bit earlier and then we were like, nah, fuck that, let's let's wait and let's see how it how it goes live. So uh that should be that should be fun. I'm gonna trade Deshaun Watson for a kicker.
1: Oh yes,
2: I got the kicker for you, Adam Vinatieri. Ooh. there we go. Oh, he he didn't mm-hmm. struggle at
0: all last year.
3: No 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 he he he's not uh, regressing whatsoever. He's the same kicker that he was.
0: Oh, he's entering his prime.
3: You talk that experience
0: on his hands.
2: Experience, there we go. He, he's a leader in the locker room.
0: Uh, I mean, we had Shane Leckler, so I mean, we had him at like 44. <laughs> so if we could just add Adam Vinatieri, I think it'd be probably he's probably a Bill O'Brien kind of guy too, to be honest with you
2: yeah absolutely I mean Bill O'Brien kind of guy is kind of you know washed up over the hill uh not worth the contract and you know even though I think he's a Terry I don't even know if he's making that minimum but he's probably not even worth that so yeah i I think it all kind of checked all those boxes there
0: well, then we got a deal uh all right so let's let's start to talk because we I said it already uh and I should have probably like held my cards a little closer to my chest but I am not interested in Joe Burrow at one taking care of Cincinnati, which is going to throw everybody for a loop as that's not what is projected to happen. So I'm open for business over here in Cincy.
3: Well, if you're open for business, I control the Chargers at six and we are a bit of an O-line, but also a quarterback away from contention here. And I'm willing to start with six, six. Thirty-six, first rounder next year, and second rounder next year.
0: Hmm, that's changed a little bit since uh, since our conversations in the in the district in the uh, DMs. I saw two firsts in two one in two thousand twenty-one and one in two thousand twenty-two. I thought
3: I don't know if I'm willing to part with that two thousand twenty-two. I'll offer the two ones and the two twos. Okay,
0: all right. Uh, Your audio is. What about you, Zach? Uh, you, you control the Dolphins
2: at five. Who else do I control? I just the Dolphins.
0: Uh, yeah. Right now, I mean, yeah. where is the spreadsheet? Honestly, I'm I have prepared. mine open. I don't know if you guys have yours yeah.
2: open. Um, I got mine open. I got mine open. All right. Okay. Look, I'm the only one unprepared, so it's fine. Let me. <laughs> so I, I know the Dolphins have every other pick in this draft, so we can. What a Carter offer again. I was I was looking at the comments, and in near near 256 doesn't understand what we're doing right now, which okay. is
0: great. Uh, near um, near we are doing a mock draft on the banner. Uh, it'll tell <laughs> anyway. you exactly what we're doing. We're going for a first-round mock draft just to give you guys something to do while you are hanging out with all your family that you hate to be around. Hey, man, I'm –
2: I'm, yeah, I don't have any family around
0: here no. right now. So. You have a fiancé. That's You can't say those kinds of things. I've been married for 15 years, so I can say those kinds of things. Um, she, she's at work right
2: now. She's at work. So. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, I
0: think the offer was the, uh, let's see, we're going to swap uh, the pick six. He was also going yeah. to add uh, the second Twenty round seven. pick and then the first next year and a second next year. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that is correct. Oh, man, he's off a lot here.
0: Yeah, but the Dolphins have a lot in the first round. I, if I really I wanted do. to. That would be pretty interesting.
2: I don't want to give up all three of them, but, you know, I, I like where are am at, at five, um, five, 18, 39, and 70 in this year's draft would be the most I would go.
0: okay let's let's i like that deal because that still gets me a quarterback that i like, so let's go mm-hmm. ahead and do that deal
3: um wait, i'll offer i'll throw in a i'll throw in a fourth rounder next year and okay yeah, that's all i'll go that's all i'll go. <laughs> <laughs> that changes everything. The fourth rounder, that changes everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking
0: at it and I'm thinking, if I'm thinking of the Cincinnati fan base, they're dying for something to change there. They have a their head coach in, their, in his second season. If I was able to grab two at five and also have a fir- another first-round pick to grab somebody to pair with him opposite, or if I wanted to go to the offensive line to protect him, I could do that. I think I'm going to take the... Miami offer.
1: Oh. Okay. Oh.
2: So somebody write it down again here. Here's what it is again. Five, eighteen,
3: thirty nine, and seventy. Alright, so we've got a trade here. We've got Bengals and we've got Dolphins. And we've got five, 18, 39, 39 and seventy. And yep. Thirty nine. Yep. This might decline it, I'm not oh,
0: sure. Wait a minute. Oh, we have. Ooh. There's a the trade. There's a the trade. Oh my trade. god!
3: There we go. <laughs> Zach, you want to do the honors?
0: Oh, should I take Jake
2: Fromm with this right now? <laughs> 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 what, what What did they do in draft day? He traded all the way up, and he took some some edge rusher that he could have got at like pick 20. <laughs> I mean, it
0: would make a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, obviously moving up here for number one, um, you know, moving up quite a lot. But you know, when the Dolphins were tanking. Uh, or they were getting all these picks last year. They were doing it for their quarterback. So Joe Burrow, uh, number one here, is where I'm going to go.
0: I think it's a smart pick. I think when you look at the Dolphins and what they're doing, like you have enough ammunition still in the first round to be able to protect Burrow. Uh, You have a ton of picks in the latter part of the draft. It makes total sense. When I look at Cincinnati and I think about what they're doing and what they have, I think trading back and trying to add value to the team to be able to also grab a quarterback but also – add other parts, other, other aspects of the, of the roster. I would, I would like to do this, but since he's probably going to be hurt, but that's fine. We're not here. I'm not a Bengals fan.
2: (laughs) Well, the one thing I like about this for the Dolphins, you know, I, I, I still kept 26 and 56. So, you know, obviously I'm giving up a good bit to move up, but getting the best quarterback in the draft, in my opinion, and I think in the league's opinion too, um, and still having another first round pick and a mid second round pick, so I, I just think you know factoring all that in and keeping future picks too, I think that's pretty
3: good.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, well, the I thing
3: w- with Burrow, the thing with Burrow compared to a lot of prospects too, a lot of a lot of these teams at the bottom of the draft, they have weak O lines, right? One of the things Burrow has shown is you can. Win weaker offensive line because of that strong pocket presence because he's able to sense pressure so well. So I think it's kind of two birds with one stone here. We don't necessarily have to go left tackle at 26, uh, Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of helps them out as well.
0: Yeah. No, I would agree. All right, well, it looks like uh, Washington is on the board, and, Zach, you have control of Washington. So with the number two pick in the NFL draft, the Washington Redskins select. Yeah, so this one – Pretty simple as well. I'm going to go with Chase Young here uh, with the second pick. You know,
2: Washington has a lot of needs, and they could definitely uh, trade back, you know, because they have so many needs. But, you know, at two, you've got to get, take, you know, the best player in the draft. And I think Chase Young has showed a lot last year uh, just how good he is. And, and Washington just needs a player at that level. Even though they they, they um, took sweat last year and have Kerrigan still, I, they just need a player. Of Chase Young's level, so Chase Young at two, I think, just makes so much sense for them.
0: I also think when you look at Washington, you know, it's a new, it's a new, it's a new regime, it's a new culture potentially with Ron Riviera. Uh, we don't know exactly what we have in and Haskins, but we do know that we t- they took him in the first round. They're obviously going to roll with him for at least a year. Um, so when you add a defensive player like Chase Young to your team, it just changes everything. And Chase Young is by far the best player in the draft.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah,
3: nothing, nothing much to to add to that comment. Chase Young, brilliant player, uh, great pick.
0: Okay, and with with the number three pick in the NFL draft, Carter, you're on the board with the Lions. Wow. Well, well, this
3: spot is open for business. We have our quarterback of the future. We think that a team might want to jump Cincinnati for Tua here. Does anyone want to move up?
0: I would appreciate it. what other teams do I have? Oh Ooh. yeah. So alright. I'm actually I'm over I'm the Panthers at eight. I would I would offer you, let's see, what do the Panthers have in next year's draft? I would give you a one next year and a swap this year and a second Ooh. this year. Oh. Whoa. Oh, Whoa!
3: So three, three for seven, and then I get your first next year.
0: You, you get my first next year. You get. That's me. gonna be a top five pick. No, no, it's not. I got Tua.
2: Dude, you're gonna screw over your Dolphins or your Bengals trade right here, man. It already yeah. happened.
0: What can I tell you? Jake <laughs> Fromm's coming <laughs> to the Bengals.
3: <laughs> hey, Justin Herbert, the cold weather. The cold weather. He's got the big hands. He can handle it. Um, but no, if I'm Detroit here. Um, like I just don't I I even think with the Panthers aren't making the playoffs next year so you're getting a top 20 pick next year you're dropping back what four spots here Yep. Um, you're still going to be able to land land a premium player potentially even the player you would have landed at three Okuda might even be on the board there or Simmons might be on the board there so I think that's a no brain so we can't trade next year first in this mock draft setup but I will plug ahead and I will make that trade (laughs) My God, man! I, I wish I could jump up there and,
2: and try to screw with this, but I think I would have the Cardinals and Jets. Yeah, yeah, there's no. Why would I do that? I, yeah, okay. they don't oh, wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 Carter, Carter, wait. Yes, the, the Broncos are also interested.
1: <laughs> oh. Why, dude? Oh, long played well down the stretch,
0: dude. You Bill O'Brien, this this mock draft. You know who else is <laughs> interested? Any team I control. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see. Look. No, I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. It. Stick with Carolina.
2: Patriots are going to trade their next twenty-five
1: first-rounders. Jared stood up straight up. <laughs> okay, so we've got three. <laughs> so, so
0: first next crazy. year, swap this year,
3: uh, and a second this year. That's insane. Okay, so a, a second this year, the thirty-eighth pick. Yep. Is that's what you're saying. And um, seven, and yep. next year's first. Yep. Holy, that's more than. You actually got going from one to five. Wow. Okay. Uh, I will confirm that grade.
2: <laughs> do you Do you know how pissed off Panthers
3: fans would be? You know how pissed off they're
2: going to be when you probably tweet this out. Yes, they're going to be super pissed. They paid like sixty million dollars for all Bridgewater, right. and they traded up for for Tua. <laughs> so we're
3: going. We're going, Derek Brown here. Yes.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> we are gonna go, we'll to do, we're, we're we'll going to go. We're going to the honors. So you guys thought I was actually going to take Tua. But I'm actually <laughs> taking the first wide receiver off the board. No, I'm just kidding. I'm taking Tua. <laughs> Dude, like, Har- Carter and I, we both got quiet because so we like, oh, shit. <laughs> so with the third pick of the 2020 NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select Tua. I'm not going to try his last name because I always mess it up. Oh, you got to try it. It's the Roger Goodell way. Okay. okay wait. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua so, yeah.
3: Oh. oh,
0: oh, oh I yeah. D. Wait, where's he
1: gonna Wait, what? Better than Goodell. It's better than Goodell. Did you, you say
0: Tongue of a Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I saw a D for some reason. It's so small. It stick out your tongue. That's the that best. Tongue. Tongue of viola. Tongue viola. Dude, that That's sounds uh, like a new It doesn't drink. look like that, though. <laughs> Tua Chupacabra. <laughs> <The> t- <tagavolodia.
1: laughs> okay, all right.
0: So, I mean, a little bit. So, obviously, yeah, like the Panthers paid Teddy Bridgewater quite a bit, but we've also learned with these deals and the way that they're structured, especially that one specifically. It seems like that is something they can move away from in two years. Potentially also move Teddy Bridgewater if he has a solid year and gain back another pick potentially, but I think with Tua, like I, I just think Tua, I think Tua is the best quarterback in this draft. I know he has a lot of risk involved with the injury history and things of that nature. I love his touch on the ball. Um, I think he's a gamer, and I think Matt Rule would do a lot with with Tua in the offense. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, well, Matt I will Ruhle, say
3: and that and that yeah. complete, Go ahead. Oh, sir. You, you go ahead. You go ahead. You take it
2: uh, I was just going to say, um, you know, the, we see with new coaches, they usually like to pick their young quarterback to roll with. And, uh, you know, even throwing all that money at Bridgewater, um, yeah, I mean, if, if he falls in love with Tua and the offer is right and he feels like that offer is right, then, yeah, I definitely could see them moving up for a quarterback. I mean, those, again, those young, those new coaches, like, tie themselves to young quarterbacks. And, and Tua is a, a damn good quarterback,
0: so I could definitely see a coach doing that. Just my thought.
3: Just my thought. If you can
0: grab your yeah, quarterback.
3: I think Pickers. Bridgewater's better than like. Go ahead, Carter. And I think like Bridgewater's better than like the Glennons and the and the Matt. And the, he's better than the Glennons and the Matt Flynn's. But you're looking at, again, a guy who was paid big money. But look at here, right? They're not tied to these guys. They're not committed to these guys. And, again, if they think he's right, he's a great fit in Joe Brady's that spread scheme there. Yep. They've got the weapons outside. Now they just added Rob Gander. That's a nice, talented, talented receiver core you've got. O line still a bit of an issue, but you've got your left tackle. I mean, I guess right tackle was more important for Tua because that's kind of big line side. But yep. um, they can kind of they can continue to patch that up. But getting the quarterback in place that's a big, big, big win. Yep. I, I All right. Here's here's on the clock.
0: On. All right. So now the Giants, the, the Giants are on the clock, and I don't think this will shock anybody. But Not I, again. I'm open. I'm open for business if there's anybody that's willing to throw out another deal like the Panthers just did. Just so I can save my pride. So are you going to draft the way you would here, or are you going to
2: try to do the Gettleman thing and draft like Gettleman
3: would?
0: Well, so it's a little bit of both because I kind of align a little bit with what Gettleman is thinking. Like Isaiah Simmons here would be just like an amazing player in that defense and would give them somebody to build on in in the future for that defense. But at the same time, you look at Daniel Jones, there's a ton of great left tackles and, and right tackles available, just tackles in general. Um, but at the same time, like, do you want to miss on a player like Isaiah Simmons? True,
2: true. I'm looking at what I got here, and and um, yeah, I don't think the teams I have are gonna want to trade up here. I think the teams that I got, especially you know, I have the Cardinals. I don't think they even have much to give up except for like future picks. So,
3: um, yeah, I think I'm good where where I am. I don't know about you, Carter. Well, I've got, I've got the Jaguars, Raiders, and Broncos. Those are the three that I had that kind of have uh, a couple third-rounders, Broncos have a couple third-rounders. Jags got the two first. Um, but I don't see really anyone for those teams. Maybe Okuda, um, but I don't think Jacksonville – you just traded your corner for a couple first-rounders, so I don't think trading a couple first-rounders for another corner is the way to go. Um And they're in rebuilding mode anyway, so I think collect as many assets as you can. Uh, I think I'm going to stay here as well and uh, let you make the decision.
0: Yep. Well, all right. So for me, the pick is in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL draft, a New York Giants take Jedrick Willis, tackle out of Alabama.
3: Willis, straight pick. Wills, yeah,
0: Will. But says,
3: it's, it's Goodell. It's Goodell. It's not him.
0: James, I, I know it's Wills. You're... I know it's Wills. But if, he said to Im- Im- embrace Roger Goodell. So what okay, else do you want me say, to do
1: here? Uh, okay, I was gonna say you're you're
2: killing it if you're going for the Roger Goodell impression, <laughs> and, and that's what you're doing so far. How and how before...
0: how, are we, how are we gonna do like the whole handshake hug thing? Like. <laughs>
3: When, when on gets selected, can you just say like clab on? Can you, I, I would love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think when you look at the Giants and what they need to do, right, like Daniel Jones showed some decent stuff last year on tape, um, and you have to build around him if you're going to do anything in, in, in that division. You know, with Dak Prescott, who I think is an average quarterback, I know a lot of people like Dak Prescott. Uh, I also hate the Cowboys, so I'm automatically not going to like Dak Prescott. Um, but uh, you have Carson Wentz in Philly. Um, you know you have to protect Andrew Jones, and this is a great draft to do it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And before we get to the next pick
0: here, I would
2: like to address a comment here by Ball bullets In now, I guess is that that's how they're trying to go with that. Uh, Carter and I also have no clue what's going on in this. Uh, this is James Still, and we are we are letting him. You know. Just run it right now. So we are we are, you know, passengers on this crazy train
0: right now. So just let's let's all enjoy. But to be honest, both, ca- both Carter and Smith. Zach loved the Panthers trade. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Carter did. <laughs> <laughs> In the great words of CJ Smith,
3: do not attach any association with of this with me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Carter, dude, you made the trade of the century. You got
3: the the Panthers first rounder next year by moving back like fourth spots. Yeah. Bob Quinn is sitting pretty right here, and I think he's gonna still end up with the right player that he would have taken at three anyways. So uh hell yeah.
0: You know what's hey, funny is when we're it. all when we're all talking on Twitter in three years and we see Tua just lighting the league on fire and we're gonna be like, Wow. I can't believe they got him in the second round. James gave up everything well, to grab him. <laughs> Good job.
1: Yeah.
0: Thing,
3: the thing is, if a quarterback if a quarterback pans out, it doesn't matter how much you beat. Like it's gonna it's gonna be a win for that franchise, right? So again, exactly it's right. burrow into a out, which people think, but at the same time, it's an instant win for Detroit because you already have your quarterback and you get those assets back, right? So,
0: but the funny thing about Detroit I is, I, I actually I, I like Stafford. I've always been a huge Stafford fan, but at the end of the day, like there's so much smoke around. Stafford not being the guy and then potentially moving on, that teams could potentially be weary of them taking two at that spot. Not saying it'll happen, but it could.
3: They can play it up for sure. Exactly. Well, I think even at even at two, I don't think it's a it's a lock. I mean, it's Haskins. Like Dan Snyder voted on Haskins last year, so it's not like a cardinal situation because the owner wasn't really tied to Josh Rosen like in this. But at the same time, a quarterback could easily go two as well, right? We just don't know if these teams are in love with quarterbacks. And, again, it all it takes is one team to be in love with a quarterback. All it takes is Washington to fall in love with Tua um, to have him taken there and then this whole draft be thrown for a loop, right? So anything can happen on draft day, especially with these quarterbacks. Better quarterback class than most of recent years as well. Um, and 75% of the quarterbacks, quarterbacks taken in the first round since 2010, I did this research, 75% of quarterbacks taken in the first round since 2010 have been acquired via a trade-up. That's a big, big number.
1: Wait, wait. Via so, yeah. or Via? Via.
0: Was that the case? Is it, is it not aspect Via? It, it's, my, it's Via. I. It, uh,
3: oh. See, I'm, I'm blaming James for all the names. I was going to so. say,
0: <laughs> I knew that was coming. What a boot are we talking about? <laughs> oh, damn, <we're, laughs> I've had a couple of beers today. Okay, don't judge me. <laughs> All right, uh, but anyways, I think with, with the pick, like, uh, neither of you guys have really talked about it, but I, I think this is a, like, when you look at this draft, especially based on years past, like, there haven't been standout tackles in, in, in the last two to three years, right? Dillard was considered the, you know, the top offensive line prospect last year. Uh, on tape, he didn't look so well when he was playing with Philly. Uh looks like the Texans might have actually done okay by grabbing Titus Howard. Um, but outside of that, like, there really aren't tackles, and it's becoming a position where it's almost nearly extinct to find the funnel to be able to have these prospects come in. Um, so when you have the opportunity to grab one, you've you, you got to, especially when you have a young quarterback. Yeah, my – oh,
3: go ahead, Carter. Sorry, uh, but, yeah, he's my, he's my OT one as well. Um, I think it's a great pick. You look at his film on the right side, and it's literally just domination. I think his game versus Auburn this year was probably the best tape of any prospect I put on. Um, he's got elite feet, super quick, um, great passer, and he's just going to fit in perfectly with New York. Right? Your biggest thing right now is I don't necessarily trust Daniel Jones, but that team does. So you've got to do everything in your power, found Daniel Jones, and give him the best chance to succeed. That isn't and Jeffrey Okuda as good as they are they aren't giving Dan Jones the best chance to succeed Dendrick Wills is yeah
2: absolutely and then uh, the only thing I want to add to it is my hot take I threw on Twitter not too long ago is personally you know everyone talks about this wide receiver class how a legendary he is and stuff and and I I, I do do think it's a really deep wide receiver class but personally from, from me going really in depth studying this tackle class I think the tackle class is probably the best overall class like within this draft class I think You know, it's not just those top four guys that we're going to talk about throughout here that will all go in our first round here, uh, or even that fifth guy in Josh Jones that that will likely go in the first round as well, Uh, but it's those other guys, you know, Matthew Pert, Ezra Cleveland, uh, like all those type of guys, too, that are just super intriguing, um, and I think they're really good prospects as well, and, you know, I know some disagree with me, uh, you know, Jim Nagy, uh, senior bowl director, has been kind of bashing the class a little bit uh, recently, but... You know, personally, just watching all these tackles on tape, I just think this is a really, really good tackle class. And and the NFL needs it so bad. I mean, there there is just piss-poor tackle play across the league right now. And, you know, some of the best tackle play is a bunch of veterans that are going to be, you know, retired here in a couple years. So the league really needs this tackle class to, you know, not only be this good, but also, you know, translate to the NFL. And I think a lot of these guys will. And Wills is is one of the better ones for sure.
0: I agree
2: 100%.
0: Uh, All right. So – Right now we have the Miami Dolphins on the clock. Zach, you control no. the Miami. No. Nope. Oh, no. no, sorry, I That's right. That's trading. right. My spreadsheet isn't updated. Um, yeah. Cincinnati Bengals on the on, on uh, up right now, and they have two picks in the first round now. So Zach, I'll let you take it. Oh. Oh, am I taking the Bengals pick here? or Because I thought we traded that you would take the, the Bengals pick. Stuff. Oh, I guess that's right, huh? I'm still looking at yeah. that stupid-ass uh, spreadsheet that we put together. Yep, we're going to have to go ahead here. Um, so when I look at Cincinnati, um, there's tons of needs on this team, one of them, the biggest being quarterback, but obviously now they're going to have to roll with Dalton for the rest of the year. Um, I am going Isaiah Simmons for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whoa. <laughs> Not Herbert. Not, okay.
1: not Herbert. The part of those drafts is
2: just
0: the, the the occasional Canadian accent coming out. Woo. Not <laughs> Herbert. <laughs> I think Isaiah Simmons is just one of those players that if you don't, if you if you if you can grab a player like that, you you have to. Um, he's such a freak athlete. They're missing a, a playmaker on that side of the ball. They really don't have anybody else that can make plays anymore. Gino Atkins is getting up there. Like, who is really on their defense now? And when you can add a player like Isaiah Simmons, I, I think you have to at, at that spot, especially given the fact that now you also have another first with the trade from one to five.
2: Yeah, I, I would be very tempted to, you know, go Herbert here. And, and I like Herbert and Carter. I, I will say I'm sorry for making fun of you about your accent here. It's just <laughs> It's it's all good. I'm sorry. Don't cry. It's okay. okay. (laughs) uh, We can't see his face, so we don't know his reaction. He might
0: be just pissed right now, punching the the
1: screen.
2: That'll
0: be the time that his camera Uh, comes in is when he's just punching a wall. Yeah, exactly.
2: Honestly, I've met Carter before in person a couple times, and I don't know if he has an angry bone in his body, so I don't even know if he if he could get angry. I don't know, Carter. Can you get angry?
3: Well, I don't have any muscles in my body, that's for sure, um, but I don't know if there's an angry bone in my body. We'll, we'll see. When the Seahawks drop a running back in the first round, that's probably uh, when the first angry bones will come on. Up.
1: <laughs>
2: Love it. So, my, my comment I'll say with Simmons, though, is, you know, I'd be very tempted to go Herbert here, uh, because I, I do think Herbert, you know, is worth that pick, and, and even maybe a Jordan Love type going that high, even though he's very raw, and... You really have to trust your coaching staff uh, if you're going to take Jordan Love that high, and I don't know how much you would trust the Bengals coaching staff to develop him. Uh, but you know, it, it, when it comes to quarterbacks, if you're not fully sure on them and you're not sold, yeah, don't don't reach, don't take. You know, you have to be sold on the on your guy. If you're not sold on your guy, then you know, don't just take him just because. Uh, obviously, don't just keep waiting around. But once you find your guy, you got to go for him. And and if Herbert and, and Love aren't your guy, then yeah, take the best player available. And, and Isaiah Simmons. Uh, can just do so much. I mean, from, from year one, he's going to have such a big impact. Uh, just however a defensive coordinator wants to use him. Uh, personally, I think he's he's going to be a really good strong safety, like overhang safety uh, that can also drop into the nickel and, and also blitz off the edge a little bit. Uh, but, you know, any way they want to use him, linebacker, corner, whatever a team wants to use him, he, he has all that skill. So uh, him going this high, I, yeah, I, I don't disagree too much at all.
3: Well, they also lost their slot corner in Darquez and Arden free agency. And then all they added at linebacker was really, I think, Josh Bynes. So that's right. not really a big upgrade that prevents you. They did sign Von Bell um, kind of to fill that box safety role. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of envision him, I think, more so as a linebacker in this case. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's just the versatility and his ability to be a chess piece that really intrigues teams.
0: And I also <laughs> think, like, when you look at this this quarterback class, like, Having having the pick at 18, like we've seen it so many times in so many drafts where there'll be a guy that's projected to go in the second or third round and then another team is in love with them and they think that the value is there for like a Jalen Hurts or something or a player similar that they feel comfortable taking for their quarterback in the future. And, I mean, we've seen it year in, year out that this happens. So um, it's kind of why when you look at Isaiah Simmons and what he's able to do, if you can add that kind of player to your defense and then also still potentially grab your guy if he's there – um, that's what you do. It's all about value.
2: Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So who, who do we got
3: next here? We got Chargers? No. Yeah, Chargers, right? Yeah, Chargers. Cool. My first pick on the board here. So I was likely probably going to go Simmons, trying to pair him up with Durban James, what? but that is not an option anymore. Uh, the Chargers are a tricky team, right? Because you feel like you're a quarterback away. Every year, everyone looks at that roster. It's like there's a playoff team, right? But it's just injuries, bad luck, whatever. But they got to get their quarterback. Cam Newton would be a great fit there, but they're probably not going Cam Newton free agency. They've got Tyrod Taylor there. Everything is looking for a rookie quarterback. Justin Herbert now is kind of clearly my quarterback three right now. That's really not a negative to him. That's kind of just a testament to how good the other quarterbacks in this class are. Um, you look at the tools, and he's got the, arguably the top tools in the class. Yep. His processing is also, I think, better than people give him credit for. Um, especially at the senior bowl, he was there were there were drills where him and Jalen Hurts were thrown at the same time, and he was getting the ball like, seconds before Hurts was getting it out. So I think he's better in the mental aspect than people give him credit for, um, and the physical tools obviously are there. You want him to go to a perfect situation though, and the Chargers kind of arguably are that. You got Brian Bulaga upgraded right tackle, so your line's been upgraded. Your weapons on the outside are are great. Eckler is there coming to be your safety valve. You've got the weapons there. The defense is strong. Going Herbert here.
0: I like it. I like it. I like it, too. There's really nothing that you can say about this move. Like, they have the pieces in place, and there's not a lot of times where you can take a quarterback and insert them immediately and give them weapons like Mike Williams. Keenan mm-hmm. Allen, Hunter Henry, and then now you're adding to a rebuilt offensive line that isn't fully there yet, but they're close, and there's some pieces mm-hmm. that they can add to be able to to sum that up. Uh, it, it's, it's just they're only a quarterback away. And while Cam Newton might potentially be that guy, and we'll know before the draft, right, so that could change everything up. But as of right now, while we're doing this draft, this is a perfect pick for what the Chargers want to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't have much more to add than what you guys said. Uh, You guys really, really hit it there. Uh, The only thing is, you know, again, the offensive line still needs some work, but Bulaga and Turner are on that line now, and those are two vets that were, you know, pro Bowl caliber guys, um, still playing at a pretty high level. And, again, kind of what we talked about, a really, really deep offensive tackle class. uh, Pretty solid interior offensive line class, too. I don't think that gets enough credit. I, I do like a good bit. Of the interior linemen in this class as well, so I think you know they could just build on that offensive line here in the with their next couple picks. So yeah, I really like Herbert with that uh that pick there.
0: Yep, I would agree. I don't I don't think there's anything that you can say bad about this move. Um, all right, so let's get to the next pick, which would be Carter. You again with the Lions.
3: All right, well I would have taken this guy at three. So uh, this is falling right into my lap. The commentary here. is um, not I, needed. I don't have much to say about this. <laughs> I don't know much to say about this one. Uh didn't take him for the Chargers, right? They find Chris Harris. They got Casey Hayward. They got Dustin King. They're good. But Lions here, Jeffrey Okuda.
1: Mm.
3: You just traded Darius Slay. We've got a few need there. Even before Slay was gone, I think they had a need at corner. So you grab him. He can be your shutdown corner of the future. And arguably the second best player in this class, if kind of you exclude quarterbacks and their whole positional value kind of from it, Arguably the second best player in this class, and I don't think it's out. I don't think it's not out of the realm of possibility that Washington kind of considers him at two or takes him at two.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I mean, I, I follow the Redskins, and you know, I live around here, and and I grew up a Redskins fan, and I definitely think they consider Akuda. And and the one thing I want to add about Akuda here is, um, you know, the other day I, I actually sat down and talked with uh, Antonio Cromartie, uh, you know former all-pro corner and stuff like that. And we were breaking down some some guys' films. And with Okuda, he was just raving about one thing with Okuda. You know, he, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the most electric guy. But you will not find another guy in this class that is uh, better with his technique, better with his confidence, smoother with his, like, feet. I mean, he is just so confident. He knows what he's doing. He knows his limitations. And he knows just how to make plays on the ball. And and Camardi was telling me, you know, after the very end of the interview, like, what are the most important things for, for a corner? And he basically just described Okuda again. I mean, just just being confident in yourself, being uh, good in your technique and, and being, you know, the way that Okuda plays. And, and I think that's why, you know, Okuda's going to go as high as he does. And, and I think, you know, you're just getting a, a shutdown corner from day one. I think he just does so much for your defense. Because uh, he takes away one side of the field. So yeah, Okuda for the Lions, uh, for a team that really needs, you know, a playmaker on that defense and a guy who can really shut it down, I think he's a great fit for them.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, especially you know, you just got rid of Darius Slay, who's been there for for quite a bit of time. Uh, you're able to add an instant playmaker that replaces him, might even potentially upgrade that position. Um, it's just it's a solid move and it, it helps the Lions tremendously okay all right so yeah next pick i think i'm on the clock again oh wow look at that Zach's on the clock with the yes. cardinals uh you have my uh, my favorite wide receiver in the league on your team now so you don't need to um you don't need to take a wide receiver so let's see where the cardinals go here unless unless you know we want to trade you a pick just to I, give you one
3: yeah well i'm interested in trading here um I got a couple teams that might want to come up Eagles at 21, and Broncos at 15 are both prime targets here. Okay. I so think. Um, I'm interested in the Broncos because I don't want to drop back too far
2: because I think. Um, I think there's a very obvious position of need for the Cardinals, yep. and I got three guys that I really like <laughs> at that position of need, and I don't want to wow. drop back too far and miss out on one of them. Uh, so I'm interested in what the Broncos have to
1: offer for sure.
3: Fifteen and forty-six mm-hmm. for eight, and throw in a fourth rounder.
0: James, you want to jump up with any of your teams? No, yeah. no, I'm good. Hmm. I'm surprised yeah. that's the only offer. Like that's 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 the offer. I mean, that's you're moving up what eight spots?
2: Yeah, I want to see. Drop the.
3: Drop
1: the fourth to a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Carter's trade is just like
2: these day three picks are going to make a huge difference. <laughs>
3: they, they, they could. You never know.
2: They could. They could. Um, I want to look at this real quick. I'm looking at the board of guys that are left real quick, just uh
0: You could also look at guys that you would want to trade with too, right? Like the other teams don't have to be interested. You can always make calls. True. I
2: don't think. Bucks or
3: Jets when I want to move up here, though. I think they're... Well, you know, if I'm the Raiders, I throw you... I've got, like, three third-round picks. I throw you a third-rounder just to move up that whatever four spots. Or... That way you get your tackle and then you acquire a third-round pick in the process.
1: So, for me,
2: uh, the way that I grade this tackle class, uh, there's one guy that I have not, like, head and shoulders above, but I have graded as, like, like could be a Hall of Famer one day because I just think he has this rare athleticism coming from a great school as well. And I just don't want to miss out on him. I see that Browns, you know, I see the Browns right there. And, yeah, I don't want to take the risk. I'm actually going to stay at this pick.
0: I want to stay at this pick here. Okay. So with the uh, eighth pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals take.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be taking uh, Tristan Worf's here out of Iowa. I just think, you know, before the Combine, you could see him on film. I mean, you could see that he's just a rare athlete. And the Combine kind of show that he's not only a rare athlete, he's a historically rare athlete. And I just think, you know, on his film, I think he takes great angles. He, he kicks out edge rushers so easily. He has so much strength. Um, he's a former wrestler as well. And he just brings that to every, uh, you know, aspect of his game as a run blocker and also as a pass blocker. Uh, he will have to develop a little bit as a pass blocker, uh, which I'm not terribly concerned with. I think a lot of it is just kind of technique driven. I think he just has that base technique down when it comes to, you know, positioning his body, getting out there, taking good angles, and I think when you have his athleticism, you have his power, and you have that base, you know, fundamentals of understanding leverage, understanding angles and such like that, I think uh, the sky's the limit for a guy like that. So I just think, you know, his value is too high for me, even though I like, you know, guys like Beckton, Beckton and, um and Thomas. I don't want to miss out on worse here. So worse, yeah, that's my
1: pick right there.
0: I also think, like, when you look at just what the Cardinals are doing right now, given what they were able to give up for DeAndre Hopkins and still be able to keep this pick and add to a position of need in a class that isn't normally around. Like, you you typically aren't going to have a class where there's four tackles worth taking in the first round there's no reason for them to go anywhere else with this pick. We've seen what that offensive line looks like. We saw what Kyler Murray looked like behind that offensive line last year. Like, that's mm-hmm. their biggest position of need. And if you're able to help protect him with these weapons that he has, like, it's it's the most common sense pick probably in the draft right now. Yeah,
2: for sure. I do like Carter's offer. I was, like, thinking about it because I was like, will one of these guys be there? But, you know, worse, I think, is just – I just haven't too highly graded. Maybe maybe that's just me, but I, I I just love him and I love him as a prospect. So I think I think he'd be a great fit with them too. You know, they're they're just a very athletic offense. They like to get the ball down the field, and I think getting a guy who's athletic like that and kind of can move on the offensive line and protect that blind side for years to come. I think that's just a great
3: fit.
0: I agree. All right. Uh, so the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock with the ninth pick, Carter. That is you.
3: All right, we need everything, so we will take any offer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at my sheet, and I don't see anybody that I need to move up to help. Niners are pretty much, I mean, they don't need a ton. Um, Falcons, no. I mean, the only teams that I see that would need to move, that need to potentially move up would be Jets Raiders, honestly. And um,
2: yeah, I'm Jets, and there is a position that I really want to address, but I got two good options, and I got you know I got two picks before me here, and I don't know if they'll both go that same position. So, you know, I feel all right about staying where I am with Jets, and, and I would consider it with the Bucks if I wanted to go real aggressive, but I, I don't want to
0: jump up there with the Bucks either. So I think I'm good right now, trading up. Yeah, me too. Could I
3: make a trade with myself?
0: As long as it is a legitimately Decent offer, absolutely.
2: Okay, look, it has to be better than a Bill O'Brien offer. Okay, so the bar is really low.
0: It's really low.
2: You can't throw in a thirty-yard running
3: back with like a plus ten. All right, I'll go uh, pick nine for pick twenty straight up. So
1: wait. (laughs) So there's no
0: incentive for them to do it. They're just like, do it. No, I, I think it's fair trade for both sides. (laughs) <laughs> they get nothing in return. They can still get whoever they want.
3: Jamie, Jamie, look who has the 20.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I think you should probably throw in a third. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, uh, seriously, though, Denver at 15, I want one receiver really badly, Ooh, Raiders. Yeah. I would I would want a different receiver really badly because I think he would fit better with them. So I'm just debating. Both those teams have multiple third round picks. I feel you know like what? Raiders with uh, like one or two of those thirds would be more enticing for the Jags. You can, they can still get a blue chip type player. I would agree. That with that yeah, I would agree with that. So I think that is the trade I'm going to make. We will go. Um, hold up. Yeah, okay.
0: Looks like there's been a trade. The Raiders yeah. and the Jaguars. The Jaguars will be sending their 91 overall pick in the third round to the Jacksonville Jaguars to swap positions in the first.
3: You know what? Raiders are low on picks. We'll give them our seventh as well. Mm,
0: mm.
3: To, wow. That's so sweet nice. Sweet
0: in the pile yeah, That's nice. That's really nice of you. It's true what they say about Canadians. You guys yeah. are just nice guys. <laughs> he always
2: wants to throw in more day three picks. He's just supposed to keep them
0: in. <laughs> They're game changers. Okay, um, and the Broncos, pick. with that pick, will take? Not the Broncos, but, um... Raiders. Raiders. Oh, Raiders, sorry, yeah. You, are, you really are Goodell. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is you guys get to look at the screen only, and then I'm over here, like, bouncing around and hitting numbers and then looking at this uh, spreadsheet that's also off one number. <laughs> so... <laughs> the Raiders. All
3: right. So this class, for different teams, honestly, I would have a different receiver one. Like, it's one of those classes where, like, receiver fit matters as much because talent is so close together. Yep.
1: Uh-huh. I think
3: with the Raiders here, I think a great fit for them, a guy who can come in immediately be their number one target. Tyro Williams really isn't getting it done in that aspect. Aaron Waller, kind of, what, tight end, whatever, big red zone threat. But you don't want him getting – as many targets as he did last season. Again, I think the guy here who can come in right away, be productive, has the kind of best potential to be a number one wide out right away. And that's CD lamb. Nice. All right. Yeah, cool.
2: A yeah. I don't, I mean, lamb is, is one of those guys where you don't really have to say too much about him. I mean, he, he's just really solid, very consistent. You know, he's not a burner he's not this elite route runner, but um, he, he's a good enough route runner. He's smooth and, and he, you know, can catch almost everything and create after the, after the catch. So, yeah, I definitely think that he's um, – you know, I think he's kind of got the most potential to be a number one receiver in the NFL of this class.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, when you just look at the Raiders and what they need, like there's there's a lot of stuff that they could do on the defensive side, but, I mean, there's nobody for Derek Carr to throw to. We've seen him struggle uh, once Amari Cooper was gone. Uh, the, 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 he literally has nobody else to go to, nobody dependable. This makes the most sense.
3: Well, and I'll say Henry Ruggs would be kind of a bit of a waste with Carr because he doesn't really throw deep ever. Um, So I don't think that fit would be great. And honestly, like the Raiders, they they had two big spots of need, which were receiver and linebacker, but they signed Corey Littleton, so linebacker's kind of all gone. So basically just their one huge need is receiver. So if you have to give up a pick or two to ensure you get your receiver one, I think it's more than worth it. Yeah, I agree.
2: All right, who we got next here? We
0: got... Brown Browns. Browns. All right. I, I am not open for business on this pick as there is a position I am truly needing to address as my quarterback <laughs> took a couple steps back last year. A lot of it had to do with protection. Um, one uh, Colts analyst and journalist, uh, Zach Hicks, said that Baker Mayfield was better than Deshaun Watson at the beginning of last season. <laughs> I did not forget. But here, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear exactly what what we need uh, for the Browns. So I am going to go with uh, offensive tackle Makai Becton out of Louisville. We saw the Browns struggle last year on offense. A lot of it had to do with just the fact that that offensive line was was extremely bad. Um, I, I don't think people realize how bad that offensive line actually was. Um, I also think a lot of it had to do with Baker Mayfield and his inability to be able to read defenses properly and also being able to get rid of the ball. But um, when you can add a guy that's going to be able to help, uh, I I think that's the guy you have to go to. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: this is a – I mean, this is just probably the easiest pick at this point. I mean, just to make – You know, one of the better players in this draft. He's just a complete tank on the outside, Uh, mean finisher, uh, really good athlete too, which we saw at the combine. I mean, it's so rare to see a guy his size move that way. And I just think, you know, right tackle, left tackle, wherever they're going to put him, I mean, they they just need someone of his caliber. And that, I mean, that's just
3: a no-brainer pick right there. Yep. Carter, else? Devil's advocate a bit. I'll play devil's advocate a bit here. I mean, I love Beckton and the value at 10. I have no problem with, I just think in the kind of that wide zone scheme they've got and kind of just be able to play left tackle right away, opposite Conklin. I think Andrew Thomas is a better fit with them kind of scheme wise. Like I'd probably go tackle wise, like Works would probably be the best fit. And then I would go Thomas probably the next best fit, but like value wise, again, I've got no problem with Beckton. It's just kind of fit. I think Thomas is a little better there.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so next up is
1: Jets. Yeah, that's me. The
0: Jets.
2: All right. So I'm debating a couple of guys here. I think, man, this is tough because, I mean, the big three of the tackles are gone, and that's you know something that they they def they definitely need a tackle. Uh, they need anyone on the offensive line. Uh, their offensive line play is putrid.
0: Um, they also need a wide receiver so bad yeah uh,
2: yeah. I was to say they also need a receiver they also need even to line, linebacker, corner they need running back, they need every position man I mean that's, <laughs> I could go anything here so I will say uh, so I'm at what, what pick are we at? 11? Yep. right? yes if you guys want to jump up a couple spots here I'm open for
3: business there if you guys want to jump up a couple spots I want to jump to certain teams again. I'm the Broncos. I want a certain position. I will offer one of my third rounders. To go from 11 to 15. Okay. Yeah. And I won't
2: give up. I'm not giving up a day three pick
3: for you though. Oh. Oh. Nobody <laughs> <else>. No deal. <laughs> no. We'll go 11 for 15, and we'll go. We'll go 83. we We'll in the middle of the – Oh, they've got three third rounders. I thought they only had two, they had three. So yeah, lots of ammo they've got. Um yeah. again, if you're you're willing to package one of them to get your top receiver, I think that's more fun. Oh. Oh, oh Who turned it down. Did I turn it down? I turned it down. I guess we're gonna have to just switch we'll switch the teams.
2: Just throw just throw another just throw an extra third in there or something. Like we're not going three rounds, so just
3: throw an extra third or something. I think we got it this way. Congratulations I'm venting- that's awesome. uh, all right. Okay, so I think the receiver one for this team. I think the guy who could be the best compliment to Portland Sutton here. We're going kind of again, the Robin to his Batman. I think it's pretty clear here, and that's Henry Ruggs. Yeah. We're talking about an elite deep threat. I know the production. I know his market share wasn't great. I know he never had a higher than twenty percent dominator rating. I know all this stuff, but <laughs> he's such a good player, and again, he's more than just your a burner. Um, he's got some of the best hands in the class and he's got like huge hands as well. Like his strength through contact is great. Um, I think his root nuance, I think is better than people are giving him credit for. He's not really Jerry Judy in that aspect, but he's still more than good enough. And uh, again, the speed is, is one thing. And with the way the NFL game is headed, we've seen the first receivers in the last couple of drafts, like what Will Fuller, Hollywood Brown, all these guys going as receiver one, are these burners, are these speed types. So I think Henry Ruggs is even better than those guys were. And uh, I think he should be selected as such.
2: Yeah, I think he's my wide receiver one, and I haven't been quiet about that, um, you know, since September. I just think, you know, what he does is so elite, you know, his, his suddenness, his quickness, his speed. But when you throw on top of that that he has good hands, he's, he's pretty tough after the catch. He runs through contact. Um, and I think he's a pretty good route runner, too. You know, he's not Jerry Judy-level route runner, but he's a pretty good route runner, too, and I, I just don't see a guy with many weaknesses at all, and when you put that with someone like like uh, Corlin Sutton, and Corlin Sutton is a superstar. I mean, I've I've watched maybe four of his games last year, and it's incredible how good he is, and when you throw a guy like Ruggs next to him, and, you know, you can't ask for a much better situation for, for Drew Locke. I mean, obviously, they need to keep building the offensive line a little bit, but... Man, that that is just a great one-two punch to have there for, for a young quarterback. So, yeah, I, I love the Rugs pick. And, you know, hopefully draft day, I, I hope that this kind of scenario plays out that they get
3: Rugs because that would just be a great duo. Yeah. Well, and, again, that offensive line needs a bit of building as well. But, again, they hired Mike Munchak this past offseason, who's one of the best goal-line coaches in the game. So if he can kind of just coach up some of the guys they have there, they don't necessarily have to take one super high.
0: Yeah, if Garrett Bowles can just figure out how not to hold – and keep a stance. Yeah. like they 'll be fine, but when you look at what Rugs can do to this offense, I mean just the fact that yeah like the deep threat aspect like in an offense, like when you look at the Texans and you consider what Will Fuller does on the field, I mean Zach and, and Carter both you guys you know have written for Stampede Blue, you know what Will Fuller does to this offense for the Texans, yeah. Henry Ruggs does yeah, that exactly you 're going to keep the safeties back because you have to account for them, which then again opens up in the run game, so it does all sorts of things for this broncos offense and. We've also seen that their quarterback likes to throw downfield, and now he has another target to do it with.
2: Yeah. So my my hot take before we get to the next question here, our next uh, pick here is if Rugg somehow ends up in in Denver and Locke at least you know is an average quarterback, I think Sutton leads the league in receiving yards next year. My hot take.
0: I I, I like Sutton a lot. I, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So
2: good. So good he's insane like I I, I
0: it's, it's unreal
2: how good he is I mean I I was like taken back like and I, you know i I watched you know DeAndre Hopkins and obviously I, you know Hopkins just does things that that Sutton doesn't do just because he's a veteran he's so good uh but just Sutton's explosiveness his speed his his ability to go up and just fight through traffic I mean he, he's incredible I mean I, I think he's a top 10 receiver in the league right now and I think you know, if he had a guy like Rugs keeping safeties back and stuff, and he could just dominate that middle game, that intermediate game, uh, yeah, watch out. I mean, I, I would say the NFL should watch out if if uh, if they get Rugs.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree, hundred um, percent. Okay, so next up is the Atlanta Falcons, and that would be me. Um, this team, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. no, no, the no. no. Are you straight up with no. Noah. Oh, I'm sorry, no. you're right. That's right, the Jags. Bye. I'm gonna stop looking at the spreadsheet. I'm just gonna like look at the screen.
3: All right. So we've got Jags on the board again. They need everything. I will take. I will take offers.
1: Uh, um, what
3: picks do the Bucks have? Because I have someone that I'm targeting for the Bucks. i I think I know who you're targeting, but yeah, would be that would be a good target.
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, the bills would potentially like to move up. You don't have any yet.
3: Yeah. From where?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. It's not updated, is it?
2: I was like, man, where are the bills are moving all the way up from like $60? over?
3: they are climbing up the
0: board. Yeah. We put this together. I guess I put this together before the Stefan Diggs trade.
3: So
2: the bucks
0: are what? Three picks away from
2: you, I think, right
3: now, right? They're at 14. Yep. Yeah. And where are we at? We're at 12. Well, 12.
0: I don't even know if there's a reason to. Like, who the Jags are going to have – what are they going to go? They're going to go defensive end. They're going to go Kinlaw, maybe.
3: Jags go anywhere. Virginia. Yeah, but who's the pick after? Isn't it Niners after this, though? Yep. Yeah, yeah it's Niners. Yeah, That's so crazy. I want to jump ahead of the Niners. I
2: will give you uh, 14 – one seventeen
3: and a fourth next year. Yeah, deal. Uh, I'm assuming you're going for probably one of Kinlaw or Judy or Thomas, but yeah, I'm, I'm making that on our that Cool. So just two mm-hmm. spots, up and you get two fourths out of it. You know what? We're just gonna assume the fourths were. Yeah, you, you can those. put both fourths, yeah. whatever, from this class. Like whatever. I mean, it's we're not going that deep. We're gonna assume the fourths were dealt and. Uh, fucking Niners. 49ers. And I. Oh, very top. Nope. Very tough. 13. Oh. And we'll throw.
2: Oh, it's not Niners. It's, it's
3: Bucks. Oh, yes. I'm jumping the Niners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. good. There we go. Um, And we'll throw in. We'll just go. 6. It's more than the six, but just for the purposes of this, whatever. Yeah.
2: All right, you guys ready for this offense I'm creating here with Tampa?
0: I'm oh, super excited.
2: Yeah. Holy! So Tampa Bay jumped the Niners so we could take Jerry Judy Ooh. with the 12th pick. And Ooh. my my thought process with this is, you have Tom Brady. You know, I have. I think he's on a three year deal, and. um you know, you, you just have to maximize that value while you have it, you know, while you have Tom Brady. And, and, you know, the offensive line definitely could do some work, and, you know, Andrew Thomas would be a good pick here as well. Uh, but, you know, they brought in Joe Hague to kind of compete at right tackle. I think they, they have a decent enough offensive line where someone like Brady can still make it work because he gets the ball out so quick. And just, you know, you already have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard. Why not just add more to that offense and make it just, just powerhouse, and adding a slot receiver in Jerry Judy where he can win almost every route off the line of scrimmage. He'll never get bracket coverage. He'll never have to be on the outside. He can just sit right there in the slot with off-man coverage and and just eat all day. So, uh, yeah, I think adding that dynamic to that offense with already two, you know, top-tier receivers, uh, I think that can make that offense deadly. And, and, you know, you can maximize that super window that you have with Brady for, for, you know, these next three years.
0: I also think when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, you're right. Like, they have every other – position going in offense like if you can add you know how important a slot receiver is to tom brady mm-hmm. if you can add a player of that that caliber to that offense given you only have a probably a two to three year window most likely two with tom brady you have to take advantage of it and just jump right jump right in
3: yeah i mean you're in win now mode um and i know godwin played a lot of slot snaps last year but he could easily just boot him to the outside and again mm-hmm. he's not kind of He's not kind of the type of slot that Brady's had success with. Judy's more in that Edelman mold. Yep. Um, as that as a ankle breaker, game breaker um, from the slot. So oh, more so of a luxury pick, but at the same time necessary to get Brady the weapons he needs. Um, and, oh, if they can, like, pair that up with, like, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in round two or something. Mm-hmm. We're we'll okay. yeah. going all offense. We don't care about the
2: defense here in Tampa anymore. Watch this. Wow, we'll outscore teams. Yeah, True. All right, next pick is Niners, I believe. And I want to jump them because I know they need a receiver, so that's what I was thinking there.
0: They do need a receiver. And I'm I'm not open for business, so I'm actually good here. Um, You know, when you look at the Niners, they're they're stout on defense. They could probably use a corner. Uh, They could probably use a safety as well. Uh, But at the end of the day, when you look at what – that offense is, and what what happened in the Super Bowl, they basically have one target, and then they have Debo Samuel. So they have Kittle and Samuel, but outside of that, they have no true outside threat. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go wide receiver. Oh, God, it's so hard to see the screen on who's available. There we go. Um, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson.
1: Okay. Woo. Okay.
0: I just think that when you look at what what this team needs, like it, it, there's not a lot. Like they could go tackle if they wanted mm-hmm. to, to potentially you know keep some keep the farm up, right? Because you can't, you don't know what next year's draft class is going to look like for tackles. Uh, the corner, you know, you could take a corner here or a safety, like I said, but they need another reliable target outside, and I just don't know if they have the ability to really be creative on offense without it. And, and we've seen when they feed Kittle, you know, if, if you're able to contain Kittle outside of that, and then Debo, you know, Debo Samuel, I, I really think that they need another option. And I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy G. I think he's an average quarterback. But I think when you have an average quarterback, you need to give him weapons. And if you're able to, you go ahead and do it.
2: Yeah. So my my addition here is I I love Justin Jefferson. I think he's you know. A fringe first round guy, probably. You know, he's going to go probably round one, uh, come draft time. And and my my grades going to be like a you know round one, round two type grade. You know, like kind of late round one type of grade. And you know, I think there's a really interesting fit here because I think Jefferson is best kind of in the slot. And I think where he can you know work off those off coverages and he can yep. kind of you know work his type of uh, you know his euro step, his his reading leverage and and finding openings. And I think. That's a very interesting fit with, with the Niners. It's something I haven't really thought of because, you know, you're you're going to a team like the Niners where they're so run heavy and they're so dependent on, you know, just gashing you with these big runs. Um, I think it would be a really interesting fit, you know, having Bebo on the outside and, and having Jefferson being able to beat guys over the middle and, and maybe even switching them around a little bit and, and kind of utilizing uh, how both of them kind of have that versatility. So uh, it's definitely not a fit I, I really thought of just because, you know, I think 13 might be a little bit early for them. but. I think it's a really interesting fit, and I think it, it probably could – I mean, it definitely could go really well with, with how good their run game is uh, with having Kittle and with having Debo. I think, you know, adding a player like Jefferson who could do kind of a little bit different of uh, those two because he's not as, like, explosive as them, uh, but he kind of has that quickness and that shiftiness and, and to kind of win in that short intermediate game, I think that's a really interesting fit there.
3: Yeah, you're not going to find a bigger Justin Jefferson fan uh, than me. The way he's able to work in zones, the spatial awareness, um, just everything about him, screams kind of that perfect complementary receiver. Um, I've made the Robert Woods comp for a while, and I'm sticking yeah. by that. I love that comparison. Again, not the highest upside guy. He's struggled a bit working with press and more physical corners, uh, but you give him time and space, and he's he's a great Um I'd imagine in San Fran, he'd kind of be operating like Emmanuel Sanders just left. I'd imagine he'd operate yeah. kind of a similar role and just yeah. take over his role in the slot. Um, and again, I think he's definitely best used in the slot. I think he can play outside if needed, but again, primarily in the slot, perfect complimentary receiver, the number two to Debo's number one at 13. I don't know if that value necessarily is great because of that, but he's a, I think more prospect who can contribute right away.
0: Yeah, when yeah. I look at that yeah. offense and how, how when I look at that offense and how creative Kyle Shanahan can be, when you think of what he can do with Jefferson and with Devo, um, I just think it's an interesting pairing and I think it gives them a ton of options on the offensive side.
2: Yeah, no, I like it for sure. All right, so who we got next here? We got the Jaguars again?
3: Yep. Oh first first time. We've been trading back. <laughs>
2: You want more day three picks? We can see who can jump up and give you more day three picks. Honest,
3: honestly, we'll take it because I have two options and I don't want to decide between the two because it's tricky. So I'll let. I'm hoping someone else will take one of them, so then I won't have to. Um, yeah, if anyone actually wants to trade up, again, it, it seemed like a joke, but no, I am, I am open for business.
2: <laughs> Let's see. I think I'm the Jets, like one pick behind you, and then I'm Cowboys, and then it's yeah, and then it's far off. So um. Let me see you here because
0: Cowboys
3: might be interesting.
0: I was going to say.
3: I think I know who you're targeting at 15, so I could hold you for ransom if (laughs) if you want.
0: Well, I also (laughs) think the Falcons and the Cowboys could be potentially looking at the same player.
1: Yeah, that's true. Let's say, man, that's tough.
2: Because Jets, I think I'm okay because they just have so many needs. Like there's a the guy I want, but you know they, they could go so many other other players just to mm-hmm. you know
3: still kind of fill out. So I'm okay with where they're at. Um,
1: you know I, I think I'm okay with the Cowboys too.
2: So I'm I'm gonna say where I am. So for, as of right now. With where I am. So, James, do you want to trade up at all
0: with Falcons nope. or anything? Nope, I'm good. Nope.
3: Yeah, right. I'm, I'm good to my selection. Uh, might be a bit of a shocker here, but I am going to go – Yes, music. I'm going to go with Javon Kimmel, ah, uh,
0: okay
3: New South Carolina. So, him and Derek Brown, no secret, those two are the top interior defensive linemen by – a long shot. I, I love Neville Gallimore, but he's more of a late first second round type guy. Um, Brown to me better right now, better run defender. I think Kim Law's got more upside, especially more pass rush upside. And I think he's more worthy of selection this high. That's nothing against Derek Brown. Film-wise, he's probably a top five player in this spot. It's just positional value. Where do you rank him? Um, that's kind of a, a tricky question. To me, he's like a, a DJ reader type, right? Like elite, nose tackle who just got paid on the open market by 50 but there's a reason the team that had him didn't want to retain him for that salary right so impact compared between those players i think kinlock a little riskier but i think he's got the higher upside and i think he's worthy of or more worthy of a selection that's early yeah for sure james you want to you
0: want to jump on that i mean he's just Kinlaw's just a monster. I, 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 I'm yeah. in love with everything that he does. I think that that's a great player to build on, gives you an anchor on the defense, given how that that defensive line looks now. With the departure likely of Nagakwe, Calais Kal- Kal- uh, Campbell gone, um, there's no reason for you to not take a player like Kinlaw, especially at this pick. You've traded back far enough. You've added more value to the later rounds. Like Grab a player that you know you can build that defensive line around, and Kinlaw's that person, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. The only thing I could add is, you know, they might have taken Kimball
3: at, you know, wherever their original pick was, or at what eight, nine. So
2: nine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was
3: I was gonna take him at nine if, if no one did trade there. Yeah. That target. So. Yeah, for sure. And
2: and uh, yeah, I think that's just a great fit for them. And and you know, in a division like the AFC South, you kind of need those interior pass rushers. Um, you know, the Titans have a stout offensive line that, that just loves to run the ball. The Colts were, you know, a top uh, – I think they were the seventh rushing team in the NFL last year. So you really need that interior presence to kind of, you know, stop these these run-heavy teams in the AFC South uh, until you get to the Texans. <laughs> Texans don't really have that run-heavy team. But, um, you know, especially for the Titans and Colts. So, yeah, I think adding a guy like Ken Law, I think that's that's just a good fit for them.
0: Yep, I would agree. All right, so next up would be the Atlanta Falcons at number – Oh, no, is it the Jets?
1: No, it's Jets. You keep wanting the
0: Falcons on. <laughs> I just want to want pick. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I get it. So I'll make this one quick for you because uh, this is the guy that I targeted when I was trading back uh, for the Jets, and I think this is just kind of a no-brainer for them at this point. I'm going to go with the top tackle available, which is Andrew Thomas. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold has not had much help since he's entered the NFL, and you could argue that he's kind of regressed throughout his career just because of that, you know there's a lot of factors, you know, Adam Gase just being who he is and, and them not really building an offensive line around him and, and also not really um, putting a great receiver core around him. You know, it's been a lot of factors, but I think, you know, you got to take that one, that first step to really um, building something around him and really protecting him. And, you know, they, they shelled out a lot of money on the offensive line, uh, not really to guys who are long-term solutions, a lot of guys who are kind of – you know, plug and play. Hopefully, they're decent this year compared to what they had. I think getting a guy like Andrew Thomas, plugging him out of that left tackle spot, and at least getting, you know, I think Thomas is going to give you above average play right away. I think he's a really solid tackle. Uh, so, yeah, I think just adding him to that line and, and protecting, you know, your your quarterback that you, you know, you traded
0: up for a couple of years ago, protecting his blind side for the next couple of years, I think that's just a really good fit. I also think with the biggest thing with the Jets is just no matter what tackle you take in this draft, you're likely upgrading. But you're also getting yeah. a solid player that's going to be able to protect Darnold, which he hasn't had. And and on top of the mm-hmm. fact that you traded for Darnold, you've just never been able to give him anything to work with since he's been in the league. And we're talking about a top prospect that was in the draft three or yeah, three years ago now, and hasn't able to, hasn't been able to produce. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the organization just hasn't surrounded him with what he needs to be able to produce. Um, I still think, I'm still a big believer in Sam Darnold. I've been a big believer in Sam Darnold. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a guy that, if they're not able to put the pieces around him, um, he ends up on another team and doesn't negotiate another contract with with the Jets because they've truly failed what he needs and what he should be getting, and when you can protect him, you have to, and this is the draft class to do it. I mean, you could go wide receiver, but at the end of the day, like you can, you can, you've he's shown enough that if he has average options, he's okay. But when he doesn't have yeah. a protection, there's nothing he can do. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I don't have much to say about this one. Uh, I would at 11, if he was on the board, like I'd, I'd gladly walk to the podium and take him at 11 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's such an elite tackle class that he kind of gets forgotten about. Yeah, but. He's, he's almost as good as them. He probably is as good as them. It's just he's not quite the athlete and doesn't have quite the upside of some of these other guys. But you look at his film, he put on a clinic against Caleb on Chase on um, against LSU earlier this year, and he's kind of just a plug and play guy from the left side. He's got experience on both sides. I just think very low bus potential with him, and I think you know what you're getting right away. Yep, I yep, agree. Definitely. So, are we finally at the Falcons
0: um, pick? Okay, so next up is the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not open for business. <laughs> I know exactly where I'm going. Oh, <laughs> wrong button. I'm six beers in, so uh, this is awesome. So maybe maybe drinking wasn't the best idea. If I had to throw it out there, uh, to be six beers in, uh, and it's only been – how long have we been talking? For an hour? Um, About an hour. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's a good ratio to have. But, um, you know, with the Atlanta Falcons, I think, we, you know, we saw with the departure of Vic Beasley, they could go corner here uh, as well. But I think they need edge rushers extremely bad. They're in a good position to be able to add one that could instantly help them. So I would go Caleb on out of LSU. Yeah, I don't have much to say here. I I will
2: say one thing, you know, um, a lot of people, they they look at his size and you look at he wears like a a small number, you know, he wears number 18. Uh, So you kind of look at him and you don't really think he's going to be this great run defender. And I'm not saying he's an elite run defender, but he's very powerful at the point of attack. And he's a a very just energetic, strong player that that really punches, tackles, and, and anyone who kind of tries to block him there and run defense. So I don't really think, you know, like a lot of guys who are like that quote unquote undersized pass rusher, I don't think he's a lot like them because I, I think he's a pretty solid run defender. I think he's a really strong player at the point of attack. Um, he, you know, he definitely has a lot of growing to do. I don't think he even had 10 career sacks at LSU, uh, but the traits are there, uh, the energy's there, the, you know, the athleticism is there. So I, I definitely think this could be a pick that turns out to be, you know, better than what it is. It's definitely high risk, high reward type of pick. But when you're a team like the Falcons, you really kind of need to take some chances like that and, and and hit on a player. So I think taking a chance on a guy like with, like Chayson here, and I think that's a good pick for him.
3: I'm a sucker for players with elite bend and elite flexibility um, on the edge, and he's got both those in spades. I'm glad you mentioned the run defending because I think he's a lot better in that aspect as well than most people assume. Um, this isn't kind of, I mean, I love Brian Burns, but he's better in this aspect than Brian Burns. Um, I think he wins similarly to actually on Clowney in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I know you're talking the to sack totals. Jadavion Clowney doesn't put up huge sack totals as well. He only had three this past season. But he impacts the game in so many other ways. Great run defender himself. Very explosive at the point of attack. And I think kind of he's going to have most of his success kind of using athleticism, whether it be kind of on stunts or on on, uh, on the outside and just kind of using his flexibility and his athleticism to the best of their ability. Perfect.
1: Yep. Perfect, yeah. I agree. All right. All
2: right. Cowboys. Getting to the Cowboys. And, you know, I, I grew up a Redskins fan, so I'm looking at best backup kicker options here. Um, you know, they, they just signed Greg the Leg, And, yeah, I, I think there's a couple good backup kickers. <laughs> no. um, you know, the Cowboys are interesting here because, you know, they have a team that's ready to compete now and they have a couple holes obviously especially from guys that just lost in free agency um but there is one guy even though i'm not super high on him i think he's just a good fit for what they are kind of going to be missing so i'm going to go with cj henderson um That's corner fun. from florida and to preface like why i'm not very high on him I, you know when i watch his film you see this complete freak i mean he is an absolute freak as an athlete and he showed that at the combine too i mean he's an absolute freak. And I just think sometimes with college corners who are as freaky as him, you kind of lose a lot in technique. And, you know, that was something that when I was talking with Antonio Camardi the other day, we were kind of really talking about with, with him was, you know, he's not a very technical corner right now. You know, he he allows a lot of free releases. He he opens his hips when he shouldn't be. He kind of allows things to be too easy for receivers. But when you have that closing speed and you have that that ability to kind of shuffle and mirror so easily – I I think this is a pick that you can kind of take that chance because he does have true shutdown corner potential. And I think that he could really be that for the Cowboys, you know, for a team that just lost Byron Jones, who was that shutdown corner for them. So he definitely has some areas to grow. And I think, you know, obviously with the tackling, that was a big issue that was brought out the whole year. He can be a little bit more physical, um, But, you know, overall, I think he has a little bit more developing to do, but you have a guy who can be that number one corner and really shut down guys. And and I think that's the big thing that you're looking for, especially at pick, um, what, 17 now. I think that's just great value for him.
0: Yeah, I think given their loss in free agency, um, it it just uh, makes the most sense. sense. When you look at Henderson and you think about the cornerback position, um, his recovery burst is probably one of the biggest things that I like about his game. Um, And – really at this point you're going best player available given kind of who's on the board and you're also able to address a need. So I, I don't see a reason why CJ Henderson wouldn't be a good fit. And really, honestly, like you don't have any other corners. Yeah.
3: You're I mean, this, fine. One, this one's similar to kind of a chase on pick as in kind of athlete that you're projecting the tools at the next level, right? So Henderson definitely relied on that athleticism at the college level and he's not gonna be able to get away with the same things he did, but you have that physical profile, you have that size, you have that speed, you have that coverage ability and that kind of number one corner potential, you're gonna be taking first round every single day of the week, especially in a league that's getting shorter and shorter on good corners. And also the Cowboys, yeah, I don't know what they were doing getting ring of Byron Jones, but they got rid of him, so now you got to replace him. Yep. Yep, definitely. Uh, so we're up to Bengals now, right? Because this is the pick that we traded here. So that's that's you,
0: James yep. Bangles are on again. Uh I'm actually open for business. Um so if there's anybody that has ideas on who they're targeting.
1: Hmm, I got Patriots at twenty-three, which not too far away.
0: But do the Patriots like Jordan Love?
1: Perhaps. Patriots have a ton of comp picks as well.
3: Like always. Carter, you want to move up with any of your guys? I'm debating. I am debating. Let me just check these picks for a second. I wouldn't give up much, but I'd give up twenty seven. Seattle. I give up that. I give up a third. And I'd give up a four. So a one, three, and a four.
0: Doesn't Seattle have two twos?
3: They do. I don't want to give either of those two twos away.
0: It's a really big jump.
2: What numbers are you uh, offering uh,
3: pick wise, you know, with the third and fourth? Uh,
0: 101,
3: I'm just checking right now. 101 and
1: 133. Hmm,
2: that'll be enough.
3: Okay. I think I'm content. I don't know. 23, 100, and
2: 125. I'll take it. Okay.
3: Cool.
0: So that's the
2: the Patriots uh, card just for when you're putting it in here. I'll give you. I'll,
3: I'll give, okay. I'll give you 27 and. Oh.
0: Is he gonna oh give, 27 give me, and just give me one of the twos and you got a deal.
3: Yeah. Is, it, uh,
0: is it worth it? Is it worth it? Are you going to give him a day um, three pick back, though, is the real question? Sure, I'll give you a seventh.
3: Honestly, that's what. pick. It's got to be a sixth? No. No, I'll let, you, I'll let you go ahead. This is going to pay me because I know who you're going to take, but no. Yeah, go ahead Put your trade. So 23,
2: 100, and 125 for 18. Okay. Cool.
0: We're all, like, relying on oh. Carter to have to, like, do all this. Right, right, like, poor right, guy. right.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> We've got – He's an intern. That's what they have him for. I guess that's true. <laughs> <cool. laughs>
1: this is what interns are for, honestly. We've
3: got um, – I'll just put picks in because, yeah, it
0: doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't.
3: It's getting a little late
2: anyway. We probably won't get to round two tonight, but maybe
3: next time we can yeah. get into the round two. So we're, we're taking this all right so
2: what we were doing with this pick I, I think it's fairly obvious that we're trading up for a quarterback here and you know I don't I don't think Jordan Love would um you know be successful in in every single team but I think going to the Patriots I think that just the kind of yep. what they have with that team you know development wise they have coaching wise uh you know Josh McDaniels for everything I don't like about the guy, because, you know, we cover the Colts here um, for everything he is. I mean, he is a good offensive play caller, so he can make things simpler for a guy like Jordan Love. And you don't even need to start him right away. You know, you can, you can throw Brian Hoyer out there all year, get go Owen and 16 and, and get a trillion picks for, for Trevor Lawrence or even take Trevor Lawrence, whatever. You can go so many different routes with this, but I think, getting someone so high upside as Jordan Love where, you know, watching the LSU game, for instance, last year, you know, uh, he was 13 of 30, I think, with like three picks. If you look just at that stat line, it looks terrible. But when you watch the game, I mean, he's dropping dime after dime down the field. His players aren't making plays, whatever the instance is. uh, But he just has it. You know, he has that arm talent. He has the ability to throw with anticipation. Um, He he has every little thing you look for trait-wise. It's just, you know, decision-making but work, you know, kind of little nuances that he really needs to improve on. So I think going to a team like New England uh, and really not giving up that much, I mean, I didn't give up that much to move up to get him, just some, you know, compensatory picks. Um, to get a guy like Jordan Love, who's very um, just high potential, I think getting a guy like him is just perfect for them.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the Patriots, they need somebody there, right? Like the answer for the fan base can't be Brian Hoyer and it can't be um, – Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham right now. So if you show the fan base just to excite him a little bit that you guys are really looking at the position, you're taking a guy who does have high upside that's able to drop dimes when needed. Uh, he has decent footwork. Um, and then if not, and you run with Brian Hoyer, like, like you said, I mean, you have the first pick overall. You could literally, for Trevor Lawrence, probably get a King's ransom. Um, there's no reason not to.
3: Yeah, I mean, right now he's just he's just really like a piece of clay right now that you gotta mold. Um, but it depends on the team, and New England is a great team and a great fit. There's no better developer than Bill Belichick, and uh, you'd have to think that'd be a, a great fit for him. Definitely. So now we got Carter with like three straight picks here. So we're just gonna hear Carter, Carter like right. real lullaby here, basically. <laughs> okay, Raiders. Um, I'm sprinting to the podium here. Um I know corner is also kind of a bit of a need right now, but we a race linebacker with Corey Littleton, so we've got that. We don't need to reach for Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray now. We're sprinting. We're getting Derek Brown. Nice.
0: Good. It's a good pick. I mean, best player available. No yeah. reason to really discredit the pick. Addresses a need at the same time.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't have much to add. I mean, Derrick Brown, all right. you know, obviously early on in the process, we all had him, you know, as top 10 player, top 15 player and such. And and when you have an historically awful combine like he did, obviously there's reason to drop. But, you know, when you turn on the film, you just see this physically dominant guy. I mean, uh, the other day I was watching the LSU film because I was uh, about to interview Damian Lewis, uh, the guard from, from LSU, who, you know, he'll probably be like a third or fourth round guy, maybe maybe even sneak into the second and, you know, Lewis, the super powerful guard, and, and Derrick Brown is just tossing around uh, the whole first half. And Lloyd Cushenberry, too, who might be uh, first or second interior offensive lineman taking this class. I mean, those are two NFL-caliber guys that Brown was just tearing through and tossing all over the place. And, and honestly, Auburn had a good chance to win that game against what some people are calling, you know, the best college football team of all time uh, because Brown was so disruptive early in that game. So I just think, you know, Obviously, the athleticism is not there, and, and that does limit his ceiling, and it's tough to take, you know, an interior tackle that's not super athletic. But he's just so disruptive. He's so strong. He's so powerful. I think uh, that's a great pick, you know, best player available right there for the Raiders.
1: All right. All right. All right.
2: Are the Jaguars finally going to pick? Oh, wait, no, they already they picked, picked earlier. Pick. They picked earlier. Yeah, they have a
3: 1,000 picks. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> we. I was, I was. We are going to get ourselves, it's a strong safety class, but we're going to jump ahead and we're going to grab our guy first here. We're going to go after Antoine Winfield Jr. Ooh, okay. A little high for him. Uh, Medicals will be big for him. And, And with this whole virus thing, he might not be able to get checked out by every team and that might hurt him on draft day with the medicals. But we're talking about a guy here with elite instincts at the position. Very good athleticism. I wouldn't say like elite athleticism, but enough athleticism for sure. And very few players in this class have the type of range he has. Um, Kind of the best package here of all things, kind of considering Ronnie Harrison already has that box safety rule locked down for them. Xavier McKinney, I'd rate higher if kind of in a vacuum, but I think Antoine Winfield's the better fit here. There's no corner I love either at this point. Um, And a receiver, if like Justin Jefferson was there, I'd love to take him there. Um, but linebacker isn't going need now either with Joe Robert coming in. So I think safety, defensive back, that's where their need is. Um, Winfield Jr. can be a plug-and-play guy there.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to really debate. I mean, it, it fills a hole, uh, gives them a guy to build around in the secondary that is fully depleted now with Bouye and Jalen Ramsey gone. Um, kind of gives them that commander-in-chief in the back end. It's a solid pick.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I like Winfield Jr. I don't think I like him this much to, to go this high. Uh, But everything you kind of said is correct there. You know, he has that range. He has that – that ability to kind of flip his hips and, and get anywhere. I mean, we saw it, uh, I think it was the end of the Fresno State game, a uh, game-winning interception he made where he flipped his hips effortlessly, got back to the outside and, and you know, sealed their game, uh, sealed the victory there uh, in overtime by getting that interception. You just kind of see that all over his film. He makes a lot of plays like that. Uh, very aggressive coming downhill as well, which is awesome to see from a safety. Uh, so, yeah, I have I have little flaws with him, obviously. The medical is one thing. And and also, um, you know, I, I think he misses a couple of tackles here and there and his and just some little things here, but, uh, you know, getting this value here at pick 20, uh, I think, especially with the fit, like you said, next to Ronnie Harrison, I think this is just a really good pick for him. So, yeah, I don't really have too many issues with him going 20 at all.
0: Yep. All right, so next on the all board right. oh, is I'm still the, on the Philadelphia board. Eagles. Okay, well,
3: receiver at this point, I could go mens Like, I, I could go receiver, and I know receiver's a desperate need. Like, if Jefferson was there, I'd be running there. But... I don't like the value here. We're going to revisit that in round two. It's a deep receiver class. Right here. We need speed on the defensive side of the ball. Malcolm Jenkins is gone. we not going to go safety, but we're going to go kind of in that box role. We're going to take Patrick Queen. He's got, some develop- he's got some developing to do. Um, he's kind of in- inconsistent right now, kind of with vision mm-hmm. and, and trusting his keys and stuff. But uh, elite blitzer right now, elite click and close ability, That athleticism. Is, I mean, I thought it was supposed to translate right away. And Nigel Bradham isn't getting any younger. Uh, he can be an eventual pre- replacement for him. And right now, kind of just – I mean, Nathan, Nathan Gary shouldn't be taking snaps at all. So uh, Patrick Queen, at the very least, could take some snaps away from him and play a bit of an impact on defense.
0: Yep. No, I agree. I, th- I think it's yeah. a solid pick. It addresses the need. I love Patrick Queen. I think he's so
2: fun to watch. I mean, just the intensity that he plays with. And his closing speed along with, uh, yeah, just, I mean, he's, he's looking for contact, which is great. You can really see his development throughout the course of last year. You know, week one, uh, you know, those early weeks, he was kind of struggling a lot with his tees and such. And then as, you know, the season progressed, he got late in the season, uh, you really saw a really strong linebacker there for, you know, a defense that got better late in the year. Uh, so, yeah, I think Patrick Queen was his upside and also – uh, you know, he's still learning, but I think he has just got high potential. And I think uh, going to a team like Philly, where they're going to have that elite defensive line, uh, they have that rebuilt uh, cornerback group that they just, you know, put together, uh, I, I just think that's a great fit for him, and, and he's going to really dominate there. Yeah. All right, I think we're on James' pick now.
0: Is it Vikings? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so you're Vikings. And I am not open for business, as I understand exactly what my need would be. Uh, We just traded Stephon Diggs. Uh, We got a lot back, more than what the Texans got back for the best wide receiver in the league. So, um, no, I think with this pick, it's pretty simple. We need to add some speed to wide receiver. So wide receiver Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Okay.
1: I I just think when you look at this
0: offense, you have Dalvin Cook, obviously, who, you know, when he's on the field is a dynamic running back. You still have Adam Thielen. Um, When you add a guy like Denzel Mims to this offense, takes coverage away from Thielen, uh, able to give him some more targets. Uh, I I just think Denzel Mims is the type of wide receiver that really would flourish in this offense, especially now with Gary Kubiak taking over offensive coordinator duties. I I think this is, like, the ideal pick for the Vikings in this draft. Yeah,
2: and the one thing I want to add is you know I'm, I'm yeah, not I mean, super the best high.
3: he was the best he was the best so, <laughs> I think Carter's Go ahead by bad. I, I, say, I think Carter's on a little bit of a delay so we'll like
2: start talking and then it'll be, you know <laughs> he'll come flying in uh, or maybe it's me maybe I'm just on a delay or something I'm not too sure but um the one thing I want to say about Mims is you know I'm not super high on him I, I think that Um, you you have the athleticism, you have that willingness to be a run blocker, which, you know, I talked to him down at the Senior Bowl, and and he was so excited to talk about that. He loves talking about his run blocking. And that will really fit with with Minnesota. You know, you kind of need those receivers to kind of seal the outside there. So I think that's a great fit there. Um, The one thing I'm kind of concerned about is his overall consistency with his hands. I think he drops a lot of easy ones. Um, I, I don't think his route tree is really defined yet. I think he's, you know, he's kind of a slant or go type of guy right now, which, which is fine. I mean, we saw that with DK Metcalf last year, and he had a lot of success in, in Seattle. Um, so I, I definitely think he's a bit raw, but I think if they if you have a good plan for him uh, in terms of what you're going to do and what you're going to ask of him in year one, and you're going to ask him to be more of a complimentary guy rather than the number one, which Minnesota can do, I think, you know, round one is a good, good spot for him. I think the Vikings are a good
3: spot for him. Well, I mean, I, I agree with the with the hand thing completely. I think those are kind of an issue that that needs to be talked about. Uh, but the root tree, the root tree is difficult because it's like, well, how much he wasn't he was asked to run basically fades and streaks and slants at Baylor, right? So how much mm-hmm. is that can he do, or how much is that can is he being asked to do, right? So a lot of it's kind of just usage based, and I'm not sure. At the senior bowl, he looked like a, a solid route runner to me, um, and he again he looked like the best receiver there, so. That, that box to me, it's not checked because he didn't do it a lot in college. But at the same time, he wasn't asked to do it a lot, so we kind of just don't know. It's kind of just a question mark as opposed to a negative.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and the one thing I'll, I'll add with with the route tree concerns there is, you're right. I mean, he he wasn't asked to do much, and that's always a concern with with a lot of these Big 12 uh, you know receivers, and especially Baylor. Baylor's you know the the main culprit with this kind of stuff. Um, with for me though, it, so much of development comes from. 18 years old to 22 years old, like he is. You know, he, he's 22 years old. Uh, you need so much development in there, and you know, he's he's kind of like going to be coming to the NFL like a step behind, I think, because he didn't really get a lot of experience, a lot of training, a lot of working at running a lot of different routes and being very nuanced in his route tree. I, it's not saying that he can't do it. Obviously, you know, he, he he very well could do it. Like you're like you're saying, it's not a box you can't check off or, or you know. Say that he can't do. Um, it's just he's going to be a little bit behind the curve there. But, again, I, I love the pick for with the Vikings. I think he's a very very good complement for, for Thielen there.
0: I also think when you look at what Gary Kubiak looks, at, looks for in his wide receivers, like Gary, Gary Kubiak was in Houston for a long time, so he, he literally only had Kevin Walter at wide receiver for seven years because he could run block. And I think when you mm-hmm. have a wide receiver that is willing to run block is a lot different than a wide receiver who can run block. Um, especially with having Dalvin Cook in the backfield. I think this is a very interesting pick, and it gives them time to also be able to develop Denzel Mims. I mean, we saw Will Fuller come into the league, and he had a case of the drops just as bad as anybody else, any other wide receiver that was taken in the first round. And he seemed to correct those issues. Um, I think just practice and uh, good coaching, I think you could probably correct that. And if you can, you're adding a guy who is going to take the top off your defense I also think the route tree, I don't think it's as big of a deal when you look at the Baylor offense and what they did. Uh, he has, He wasn't asked to run all nine routes, so I think it's a little bit different, but uh, I think this is a very good pick given the situation that the Vikings were in and that they have another pick in the first round. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I agree.
0: Okay, uh, so now the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Uh, what defensive ends do we have available? Uh Ivanetta, he's there. There you go. Fantastic. I thought he was taken. Uh um, he's So yeah, so I mean I'm open for business if there's anybody that's looking for an edge rusher. Um but with the Bengals not addressing the quarterback position this year, kinda of going value and trying to add other pieces to the to the team, um and potentially targeting another quarterback in the second round, I think. Uh, adding an edge rusher would be a big piece of what they are looking to do. They already uh, got DJ Reader. They have Geno Atkins. um, They already took Isaiah Simmons. So really the best thing that they could do is take um, a defensive lineman. But if there's anybody that's willing to or wanting to trade, let me know. Yeah,
2: so I have three more picks left. I have Dolphins, Titans, and Chiefs. And I feel
3: good with where I am with those three. So I, I think I'm good for now. Yeah, I've just got New Orleans and uh, Green Bay. Oh, and Baltimore. But, yeah, I'm good as well.
0: Then with cool. the 23rd pick in the 2020 um, NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals take A.J. Espineza out of Iowa. I think when you look at this team and what, like, obviously I threw the draft off completely by not taking Burrow, right? Like, so you, when you look at the draft now and how it's, how it's built – At this point, you're going to go best player available at a position of need. They really don't have an edge rusher. Um, If you can add that with Atkins and with DJ Reader now being there in the middle, you have Isaiah Simmons uh, on the backside. Why would you not take a guy who could easily give you the ability to be able to get after the quarterback who's quick off his first step? Um, Maybe a little bit of development needed for sure. Uh, Doesn't look like on first contact he's able to shed blocks as quick as you would like, but um, he's a solid player and, I would say, given the position of need, uh, a good pick here at 23.
2: Yeah, I, I like their edge group that they're going to have in this scenario because, you know, Dunlap is the guy who's been doing it for a long time, um, very powerful guy, and, and same with Carl Lawson. Uh, he's had the inconsistency with injuries throughout his career, but, uh, again, a very powerful, nuanced guy. Uh, and with even s c b Advert, you'd be bringing in another guy who's very powerful, very nuanced. Um, ability to, you know, rush the passer, not with really bend or elite athleticism, but with that nuance, the hand quickness, the the strength. So I, I think having all three of those guys, you know, it's, we always talk about having like that thunder and lightning, you know, two different types of guys and stuff like running back groups and edge rushers, you want two different types of guys. But, you know, I think having a bunch of guys do the same thing, but they do it really, really well, I think that can also have its benefits as well. So I think – you know, having a trio of Dunlap and Lawson and, and even Esa, I think that's a
3: pretty fun trio right there. Yeah, this one, this argument is kind of similar to the Derek Brown one, because, like, we'll trust the tape versus kind of the combine, the yeah. athleticism. thats yeah. as a combine, very, 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 very poor. But, again, he wasn't a great athlete on tape either, and he's still dominated despite that. So, again, with him, you're looking at power and hand usage. You're not looking at bend and flexibility kind of the anti Caleb on chase on, if you will. Um, but a solid pick here. I don't think he goes first round on draft day just because of kind of the athleticism. And I think teams will be wary about that, um, but a good pick. And also in the, in the Bengals uh, pass rush group as well, there's got Sam Hubbard too, who can be a, a decent rotational piece. So definitely a lot of pieces there. They would have a front four, fearsome front four and Simmons in the back end and really, really nice combo on defense. Definitely. Definitely.
2: Alright, who we got next
3: here? We got right. Carter with the Seahawks,
2: I think. Saints, right?
1: right? Oh yeah. Saints uh, no, no,
2: Saints. Yeah.
3: Who's Saints?
1: Uh
3: Carter. so yep. yeah, Carter. I'm I'm i we really don't have many needs. Um, <laughs> in the world. That's my job. problem. <laughs> and, yeah. Theoretically they could go anywhere. Here They just re-signed p- to a big contract, but I don't think I'm going to go interior O-line, even though Cesar Ruiz would have been a nice pick. Um, I think I'm going to go defense, and I think I'm going to be able to corner and take Jeff Gladney here. Uh, a bit on the small side. A bit on the small side, but love his intensity, his instincts, his backpedal quickness um, at C-B. He played C D Lamb really well this year, and I thought he was really fighting that game and played well. Um, I think he's kind of ideally suited for more of a nickel role than an outside role at the next level. we talking, again, that, that backpedal really sticks out to me, just elite backpedaler, um, great foot quickness. And at the combine as well, you saw the fluid hips, and you kind of just see him move at a different level than a lot of these other guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you're taking shots on corners in the first round, having these guys who are not only great athletes, which Gladney is, uh, but also have that kind of tenacity and that and that dog mentality. And I think that's what Gladney really brings That that is, you know, kind of puts them above and beyond and gets them into that first round conversation. So, you know, when you're going best player available here, like the Saints are, and getting a guy like Gladney, I think, is, is
0: just great value there. Yeah, when I mean, you can add him, you know, pair him with Marshawn Lattimore, I think it's a great pick. Um, it, it makes a ton of sense. Okay, right. so next up would be the Minnesota Vikings. And there are there are needs, but they're more on the outside on the offensive line. But given the fact that the value is here, unless anybody's wanting to trade up, I think uh, guard Caesar Ruiz out of uh, Michigan would be the ideal fit.
1: Yeah, I like it. Yep, that's a good one.
0: I just think when you look at how they want to play, you want a physical guard. Uh, with Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Gary Kubiak is going to set up a play action. Uh, They're going to run Dalvin Cook as much as possible. Um, This gives you the ability to be able to pound as much as you can in the middle of the offensive line in the interior. Uh, This is a great pick.
3: Yeah. Carter, you want to jump in? Um, I guess, yeah, you've got Bradbury there. They played the draft at center last year. Um, And Ruiz played center a lot in college, but I think he can play guard um, pretty much just as well. I can think He's pretty scheme like he does not very scheme specific. He can play pretty much anywhere. He's much off interior guy in the draft. So I guess you'd have your interior there be him, uh, Bradbury and Elfline. and I think that would be a pretty solid interior, um, and and good for Kirk Cousins, and then also obviously good for Delta.
1: Very young interior,
2: too, which is nice, and, and young and athletic. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's just a good fit for him. And, and you know, maybe you can put Bradbury at guard. Uh, maybe you want to keep him at center there just for his development. You know, you have you have a lot of things that you can kind of play with there. I mean, all three of those guys, I think, played center in college. So yep. you can kind of play with it a little bit and see what works best. But uh, at the end of the day, three really athletic young guards or young interior linemen that can, uh, you know, work in Kubiak system. I think, yeah, I think overall it's a good fit.
0: On top of that, when you look, if Bradbury is still sweating a lot and it's bothering Kirk Cousins, you could just switch him out. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
2: Exactly. That's the number one thing I think about. That's what I was looking
0: at.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) All Uh, right, man, what
0: what are we on now? Zach is up with the Miami Dolphins.
2: Okay, let's see.
3: Dolphins, literally anything could go here. I mean, they, they have every single need. (laughs)
1: Let's go with – you know
2: what, man, this is tough. I I don't want to reach for a tackle, even though they really need one and they really need linemen. And Reeves would have been a good fit for them
1: um, if he was still there. Let's go
2: with, you know, I'm going to go with my top corner that that's here just because I, I just think that adding um, just good playmakers and going best player available here, and I think uh, getting Christian Fulton out of uh, LSU, uh, I think that's just a really good player that you go with here. And so the thing with Fulton is, you know, Fulton, when you watch this film, is not an elite athlete by any means, but he understands his strengths and weaknesses, all like, like Jeff Okuda. And he kind of plays within them. You know, he, he's not as technically refined as, as Okuda and that's why he's not going as high. He's not as long, as lengthy, as good in press, uh, but he's very aggressive. He kind of has that, that great mindset that you look for uh, in a corner. He, he attacks receivers and, you know, I, I think the best indictment on his game was when, you know, you watched the Alabama game last year, uh, they lined him up against Henry Ruggs for most of that game. And Henry Ruggs is a damn good receiver, like we talked about earlier. And he has this elite speed and everything. And Fulton does not have the speed to keep up with him. Uh, but he was at the line in his face hitting him, and he was on him, and he was trusting his technique. He was trusting his ability. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what you want, your cornerback. So I think Fulton brings that kind of level of confidence and, and you know, kind of moxie that you want, as well as, you know, being a pretty good corner, also having – uh, pretty good ball skills as well, making some plays in his time at LSU. So uh, I really like Fulton just to kind of stir up that secondary and and kind of go best player available here, Um, you know, in a draft where they still have quite a few picks.
0: Yeah, no. I think when you look at what the Dolphins are trying to do, and and every all the picks that they have, they're just trying to build on the culture from last year. Uh, this gives them a physical corner that can do that. Um, gives them the the ability to cover some of the top receivers in the in the league here uh, years down the road. I think it's a good pick. Uh, you're going best player available at this point, given you know what you need as a team. So uh, there's nothing wrong with this pick in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I had technically savvy written about a hundred times when I put in uh, the Christian Sportman tape. Uh you hardly notice him out there if you're just like casually watching, but like that's almost the best compliment you can get if you're T V, if you like if you know yeah. what I mean, right? Um He's not gonna wow again with athleticism, like you said, Zach. The league that's for the league is a lot lower on him kinda of, than the media perception right now, so I don't think he goes around one on but I would certainly take him round one and I'd have no question taking him on round one in round one. Yeah,
2: absolutely. That's where I am, too. And I, I've heard the same things from from what um, has been told to me. But, yeah, I, I I think he's around one guy, at least on tape all day.
0: Yep. Uh, all right, so next up, oh, here we go, Seahawks. Uh, DeAndre Swift is off the board.
2: <laughs> no, no, it has to be a reach for a running back. Oh, you're
1: right. You're right. like
3: A.J. Dillon or someone. Oh. So, who's the – Who's the third string running back on Utah? Uh let's take him. Uh, <laughs> oh,
2: Maryland has two running backs in this class. You can take what Jamar Leak, I think is his name. Yep.
3: Oh or uh McLaren. There we go. Um Seattle <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of needs new play calling would be nice.
0: That
3: would
0: be nice the nice. twenty seven. Um but
3: that needs to be a one and a they rarely go corner in round one, um, so I don't see them going there, especially after acquiring Quentin Dunbar. The defensive line is a mess right now. Even if you bring back to Clowney, they've still got a need there. LJ called where he did nothing as a rookie. Like, yes, I know he was hurt, but he did nothing as a rookie, so you can't count on him. Jeron Reed regressed last year on the interior, so you can use interior help too, but I don't really see a guy here, there. I think edge is the way I'm going, and this might surprise a few people, and... It might, yeah, it will surprise a few people. But I'm going to go with Josh Uche from Michigan. Nice, I Uche. Yep, I do too. So him, it's a very athlete-based pick. Um, at the Senior Bowl, he dominated. It's, again, I'm a sucker for guys with bend and flexibility. He's got both in spades. He also showed good coverage ability at the Senior Bowl, so you can kind of have him standing up as well. That flexibility, that versatility, P. Carroll loves that kind of with the Leo. Um, role in his defense. We saw it with Bruce Irvin in the past, and uh, now Bruce Irvin's back this year, so if if Irvin plays that role for a year and Uche kind of develops behind him, or if he just plays that role right away, that would be perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, you said it right there, Uche playing that Bruce Irvin role, that Leo role. Um, I think that's a great fit for him in the NFL, and and no team does it better than the Seahawks when it comes to playing that Leo role, so yeah, I, I absolutely love that pick for the Seahawks there.
0: I think just looking at the defensive line and what They need, like, you could probably go five guys here, and you would be fine. Uh, But I think this specifically, exactly what you said with Bruce Irvin and that role that he specifically played, they've been missing that. Um, So, yeah, I I think this is a great pick. All
2: right, so we got Ravens up next.
0: This one's quick and easy. I I am stacked at almost every position. Uh, I traded for (laughs) Blaise Campbell. Um, I, I could use a wide receiver here, but this is a pretty deep draft class. Um, I could grab somebody in the second round. I could g- easily go uh, DeAndre Swift if I wanted to pair him with Mark Ingram, maybe. Um, but I, ideally, you would like to grab another linebacker. Uh, you lost C.J. Mosley uh, last off season, and here I would go Kenneth Murray, linebacker, Oklahoma. I just think when you look at this defense, like there's really not a ton of needs outside of linebacker. They're stacked at corner, they're they're above average at safety. Their defensive line now looks like it's going to be a very solid defensive line with the additions and keeping Judon as far as we know right now. Um, this team is really ready to compete. It's all going to be dependent on what Lamar Jackson can do at quarterback. Um, are they going to continue to ground and pound and then get behind in the playoffs and force him to have to throw 53 times? Or And if they do, is he going to be able to take the next step to be able to bail him out? Or and So you could add another receiver here, but at the end of the day, like Lamar Jackson has to take that next step in development and be that quarterback that they're looking to be to be able to get him out of situations like that. And this year when we saw when he was playing from behind, he was not able to do so. Um, but when you add a captain at the linebacker spot that is everywhere the ball needs is going to be um, physical downhill runner. This is the most ideal situation for the Ravens, honestly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And they they have, you know, made an emphasis this offseason here to kind of add to that front seven uh, and really beef it up and also, you know, get a lot of physical and aggressive guys in there. And, and, you know, Murray for all his flaws, he does have a lot of flaws and I think it might keep him out of round one come draft day. Uh, for all his flaws though, he plays with his hair on fire. He attacks downhill and and he kind of fits that that aggressor role that they're looking for on their defense. So, uh, you know, replacing a guy like Patrick on Wuzar, who was very inconsistent, even though he had a lot of flashy plays um, in the middle there with Kenneth Murray, I think that's a very fun uh, pick
3: that so they could definitely go come draft day. If linebackers were only allowed to move forward, I think Kenneth Murray would probably be the number one pick in this class. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you you see his sideline-to-sideline side range. You see that, again, the hair-on-fire mentality, like you said, Zach. And you see kind of just he's always around the football. But the coverage is a big issue with him, and I think that's something teams will have to look past if they take him here. You want him going downhill. You want him using that click-and-close ability. His coverage right now and his it, it, kind of trusting his keys and stuff, a lot of that stuff is still issues. So, technically, he's kind of a mess, but he's got a lot of those traits that you could just can't teach. So, I could definitely see him going here. Yeah, certainly. So
2: next we got the
3: Titans, and I got a lot of – man,
2: Titans are tough because they're a really solid team. Uh, they, I mean, Robinson has done an outstanding job building the Titans. I mean, all around just – it's not only just the starters. I mean, they got a lot of depth everywhere as well. They have a very um, consistent identity, I guess is what I would say. You know, they're, they're very – you know, they all kind of have that same mindset there. Um, so I think I'm going to go with – I think they need a plug-and-play guy at tackle. And even though I, I, he's not my highest tackle I have rated here, I think he's the most ready to step into the NFL and, and kind of be productive. So I'm going to go with Josh Jones out of Houston uh, at offensive tackle. And I just think, you know, they, they need that guy who can kind of step in day one. You know, Dennis Kelly could be okay, could be fine. But, uh, you know, on that side, they're going to be going against guys like Justin Houston, J.J. Watt, um I don't think the Jaguars have anybody as of right now, but they could draft somebody as well. Josh Allen, I guess. Josh Allen is a promising rookie. Uh, so, you know, it's a pretty good division uh, for pass rushers on that side. So uh, getting a rookie like Josh Jones, who I think uh, is not the best athlete, not, doesn't have this elite athleticism that he's going to be able to rely on, but has very good technique, had a really good senior Bowl, um, really strong at the point of attack. I think, you know, having him compete with Dennis Kelly for that tackle one spot there would be a, a smart move for them.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the Titans, uh, you know, with the loss of Conklin, um, and you're right, like in in a division where you're going to be going against top-tier edge rushers, um, this makes a ton of sense. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go uh, edge rusher, uh, given the fact that they lost to Casey. Um, They really don't have another pass rusher on that team that could potentially get after the quarterback. But I think this is a a safe pick because you're not going to be able to grab him in the second round when you pick next, and you're going to need some competition at that tackle spot, and this gives them that.
2: Yeah, so my my thought process with with defensive end is, you know, they already have Harold Landry, um, and and they're taking that flyer on Vic Beasley as well. So I feel like that's at least good enough as of right now. Obviously you can (laughs) – obviously you can um, (laughs) – (laughs) Dude. <laughs> you know, I, hey, I have the 30-second pick with the Chiefs. I'll trade up with the Colts to the 30-second pick for all you Colts fans that are that are watching. Um, but what I was going to say was, uh, you know, I think that, that edge presence that they have with those two guys I think is, is good enough to where you can address that kind of round two. Um, I just think Dennis Kelly in that offensive tackle spot, especially with their mindset of we are a, a ground and pat, like, you know, we're going to run it down your throat kind of kind of team. I just think getting more competition at that tackle spot is more
3: important for them. Fair. Yeah, I've had Josh Jones at 29 in a lot of my mock drafts. I think that's a perfect fit. Even before Conklin left, I was kind of mm-hmm. just projecting Conklin to leave. Um, and now that he's left, that right tackle spot, one of the few weaknesses on the team. Again, like you said, Josh Jones isn't my top-rated tackle here, but I think he's the most ready to play right away. Um, and I think he's probably the best one to put the right side as well. So it's a good pass.
0: Yep. Okay, Green Bay. Uh, Carter.
3: All right. So they addressed linebacker, well, address in quotation marks, uh, linebacker was Lake Martinez. I don't think that should be the last of their additions there. But there's no good linebackers here, really. Um, receiver, I don't want to – I feel like Higgins would be a reach, especially in a deep class like this. I don't want to take a receiver here, even though it's a massive need. I think you would come back to that in round two. Best player kind of on the board relative to – I mean, probably a safe, like McKinney's probably a top player on the board, but I think with Savage and Amos, it's kind of redundant. I, I'm going to go Zach Vaughn here, extra um, from Wisconsin. We're talking about a dependable, dependable player here. Hometown kid doesn't hurt, obviously, as well. Uh, but versatility, he could play inside if needed. He can play outside, just polished guy. I know they've kind of got in that, like, 3-4 system. They're trying to play Rashawn Gary on the outside there. He just, that, it doesn't seem like a good fit for me. Um, there like I think you'd be better suited kind of at three tech in that system rather than on the outside. But I digress. Doc Bond, Edge. It's not the... yeah,
2: yeah, I, I like it's the Bond. The, yep. Oh, sorry. Yep. Uh, you, okay, I was going to say real quick, uh, I like the Bond fit mainly because, you know, you already have Preston and, um, and Darius Smith. You have the two Smiths. But, you know, bringing a guy like Vaughn who can rush the passer, but he can also drop back and be that coverage linebacker. I mean, we saw that, you know, Carter, you and I saw that down there at the senior bowl. He did a lot of uh, linebacker drills and stuff, and he looked really good moving out there as well. Obviously, that's more of projection. You're going to have to work with him out there. Um, I think having hit both of those kind of areas for him, uh, having him kind of work in both those areas and, and really develop there, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a fun fit for him in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I think when you look at Preston Smith and the Smith, this is a a very good piece to that defense that gives them the flexibility to do a couple of different things. Uh, They're able to give different scheme looks with Braun in there, which would be interesting to see. Um, I think this is definitely one of the better, like the best player available um, picks. And when you look at what they need, in this class, if you were to trade, or if you were to grab a wide receiver, like you really wouldn't be getting the value that, uh, you would be getting out of this pick, and so yeah, I, I totally understand it.
2: Sweet. All right, so we got two more picks here. Uh, we got Niners, and then the last pick, we'll say that the Colts trade up with you know a fourth and a sixth or
0: something. Well, and so the like, and the yep, the Texans trade, trade up on below. this one, so that way. Oh yeah, the Texans trade up here too. Yeah, we're getting our fan bases. Uh, that, no, I'm not that trading kind of forty. Stuff. I'm not trading forty. Yeah, once I saw how the value yep. of the picks that have uh, been uh, valued here. I'll, I'll trade up the 57th and a 7th. And I honestly don't expect the Texans to trade up in the first. And a 7th? Sure. No, how about two 7ths? I, well, I know you love yeah, those. Yeah.
3: Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> well, we're going to end up yeah, at yeah. round one. it doesn't matter. Either way.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just say this. I don't expect the Texans to trade up in the first round just because of their needs. Um, And if they were to trade up, I don't think it would be to take a wide receiver. Um, I think a a player like Ross Blaylock would potentially be in play at this position, just given the need for an interior um, pass rusher that we don't have. Um, But at the same time, I I think you have the chance of also grabbing him. There's also a couple other defensive tackles that potentially would be there in the second round that can uh, give you what you're looking for. But because this is a Texans podcast and a Texans fan base, I have to give them a pick. So I'll trade up and I will grab, I'll replace a Clemson wide receiver with another Clemson wide receiver in T. Higgins.
2: All right. So I'll comment on this. I am not a T. Higgins guy like, at all. all. Okay. Like I, I don't like T. Higgins whatsoever. Like I, I think he's more you know, like my wide receiver thirteen or fourteen in this class. Like I'm really not high on him. And I think, you know, when when you watch him play, he makes he's great at contested catches, he's a very competitive guy. Um, you know, he he does a lot of really good things that you like, and I think he's gonna be a solid wide receiver too in the NFL, in the NFL and I think he's a good player. The issue with me is you know, when you watch film I don't see a very good athlete like at all. And, you know, obviously people are going to say DeAndre Hopkins was the same way, but Hopkins is a very, very rare case. Uh, And I wouldn't compare a lot of people to Hopkins. I just think that, you know, you don't see much of an athlete, you don't see much of a route runner, uh, and I I think that just scares me a lot, especially in a class like this, you know. I'd rather take the shot on a route runner. You know, in in years past, I've been burned on guys like DeMarcus Lodge, Kelvin Harmon, uh, types of guys like that. And I'm not saying Higgins is that exact type. You know, he was very productive in the ACC and he put up some really good numbers, and he's a really good player. Uh, but I think, you know, betting on that outlier, especially in a class like this, is just tough for me. Uh, so Higgins, I'm just not going to be very high on. I, and I think – I know a lot of draft network
3: guys aren't very high on him. Carter, are
2: you high on Higgins?
3: I am not. No, I think he checked out as receiver 11 for me, I believe. Um, okay. But i will have to check that again. But, no, he wasn't top 10 for me as well. Uh, like you said, physical receiver, great contested catch receiver. So you think, oh, Clemson receiver, great contested catch, limited athlete. He's DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yeah. That's no, what people uh, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, a lot more quick twitch, um, a lot more nuance. Like, he's great with, like, late hands and stuff like that. Um, I don't see the same things with T. Higgins. I also don't really see, like, he's able to make the contested catch, but his efficiency in that area wasn't great either. Like, he wasn't able to come down with a lot of those kind of jump balls or he came down with less than I expected to, given that's kind of how he wins, right? So it's so much easier to kind of project how a player wins if he's able to get separation. In this case, T. Higgins doesn't very, produce very much separation. And similar to kind of Nikhil Harry last year, and Nikhil Harry went at the back of round one, so I could, I could see T. Higgins going at the back of round one. Not that I would take him there, but I could see him going there. Um, but again, Nikhil Harry, who was injured, but he did not have a very good rookie season. Obviously, there's time around for that to change. But that's kind of the type of receiver you're projecting. He would theoretically be a good fit with Will Fuller, just because Fuller kind of is more of a speedster and he kind of can push vertically. But I, yeah, I wouldn't
0: be in love with that thing. Yeah, for me, yeah. ideally, if the Texans stay pat and and grab LaVisca and out out of Colorado, I would be extremely happy. But yeah, I, I, I just don't think that that's right now. The the fan, Texans fans are in love with T Higgins because of the Clemson. Um, draw, but I agree with everything you two said. I've not been a big fan of T. Higgins. I don't think he's really that much of an athlete. Um, And honestly, one of the biggest things about Hop that people just, for some reason, don't talk a lot about is just his sure hands. And I don't even see T. Higgins with those type of hands. Um, So, for me, I I honestly wouldn't, but this is what the fan base would like. I would go LaVisca, or I probably would go Ross Blaylock, or, or another defensive tackle that could push the pocket, but that's just me.
2: Awesome. All right, let's close this thing out. We'll just give the Colts this last pick here. And, you know, kind of like what you said with, with what you're doing, uh, you know, I, I really wouldn't trade up for this pick ideally here at 32. There's like eight guys that I would really like at 34 for the Colts. And, and honestly, I just don't see the value in, in giving up, you know, even day three picks with the way that ballard has been hitting on in the last couple of years. So. You yeah, know, well, for the sake of this and for the sake of Sean, uh, who's a, you know, devoted listener there waiting for us to do a Colts pick here. Uh, so shout out to Sean there in the, in the comments. Um, but we will, uh, we'll say the Colts are up here. And with the Colts pick, I'm going to go with uh, a receiver as well. I'm going to go with Jalen Rager though. Um, and, that's interesting. and the reason why I want to go Rager is, is you know, I, I think he's a lot faster than what his combine says. Um, you know, 4-4, I definitely don't see that on film. I, I see a guy who's in the 4-3s. Uh, his explosiveness is, is definitely something that really stands out, and you know, he he put up some elite numbers at the combine with that. And I think, you know, when, when you are looking at the Colts, you you think, oh, okay, they got Ty Hilton, they got Paris Campbell, they have speedsters you can never have enough speedsters, you know, in the NFL. And and T.Y. Hilton's a very complete receiver. He's a guy who can also win over the middle. He can win an intermediate game. So if you have a guy like Rager who can win deep, he can get vertical, and he can even open up the field for T.Y. Hilton, or he can open up the, the short game for Paris Campbell, uh, open up the short game for Naeem Hines, I just think that adds such a big dynamic to your offense. You know, we, we, you have a guy like, like Phillip Rivers. Obviously, he likes throwing to bigger receivers but if you can just give him more space in the middle of the field for Jack Doyle, for Naeem Hines, for Paris Campbell, for T.Y. Hilton, you're already getting value back on that pick. So uh, maybe Rager is more so for, you know, uh, maybe the next quarterback, maybe, you know, Rivers is not the quarterback of the future. So maybe Rager pick long-term is more so for that next quarterback. Uh, But, for right now, for Rivers, he just opens up that middle of the field so well uh, for a guy for guys like Ty Hilton, and Injecto, and such. And I think that just adds another dynamic to that offense. That already has you know four guys that are <laughs> running four threes. Uh, I think just adding Rager would be another dynamic to that.
0: Yeah, and I also think just given the Colts situation that they're in, like for me, I think the Colts are are the clear front runner for the AFC South. Um, I, I think. There's a lot of talk about Phillip Rivers and not being able to do things. That's a conversation you and I can have on the podcast, but I I think that the Phillip Rivers move is probably one of the better moves in free agency that people aren't talking about because I don't think people are paying attention to what Phillip Rivers had to deal with the last two years in in Los Angeles. Um, They're talking about an offensive line that literally could not block anything. It's not like he is 27, 26 and has some mobility. This has always been a quarterback that has lacked mobility and then he's older, so now he really doesn't have it. I think this pick is nice because Phillip Rivers has a quick release, um, and and this will this will just add to that offense that is, is missing a player like Rieger. Um, and where else were you going to go at that pick? Like, you guys are stacked at a lot of positions. You already added DeForest Forrest Buckner. Um, this team has all almost all the players that they need to be com- to compete. I don't know if they'll win a Super Bowl with Philip Rivers because he is turnover prone. But at the end of the day, like. This, this pick is a perfect pick for what the offense looks like they want to do.
2: Yeah, and before Carter, before you jump in here, uh, Sean just said him or Ayuk at, at 44. I, I absolutely agree. Ayuk at 44 would also be a really good pick, uh, especially with his wingspan and his
3: ability after the catch. Um, Ayuk, I think, would be a really good pick, too. But, Carter, you can jump in with your comments here before we, we close it out here. All right. Also agree with Ayuk there. Um, but as far as Rager goes, Four four but he's a four three guy uh, yeah, on tape. Uh, so I I I kind of list that as a four three elite uh, jumping numbers as well. So that explosion is there. A lot of people say, well, he's got the production and he's got the the speed and whatever. So like, are him and Henry Ruggs the same? Henry Ruggs to me a lot stronger, kind of in contested uh, areas. Like I think his hand strength and traffic is much better. But Rager, similar player. I think he overlaps a bit with Paris Campbell, but you can never have too many speedsters, like you said. And I think he's already like a lot more. Nuanced than Paris Campbell was coming out of college. Campbell was a lot rawer as a prospect, and we saw we've seen with Reich he, ex- he loves to execute a lot of like mesh concepts and stuff and get those guys on drag routes and use their speed and use their yards after catch ability. Rager's got that. And like you said, nope. I've said and like you said a million times, but you're you're right. With all accounts, um, you can never use too many yards after catch plays. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. All we right. Just got through the whole thing. Whole round one. I can't believe it took two hours. Um, that was kind of shocking. I thought okay. we'd kind of fly through it, but then once we added the trades in, uh, Carter, Zach, thank you again. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we could do something like this. This was just as fun as I expected it to be. So. Thank you for that. If you guys want to do round two sometime next week, let me know. But uh, make sure you guys follow Zach and and Carter on Twitter. Um, I'll put this out as a podcast at some point. But um, thank you guys for taking two hours out of your Friday. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll continue talking. Yeah. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, And everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.TexansUnfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.